Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland. And I am Sean Holly. How are you, Vic? I'm not bad. Do you know what? This is podcast number 74, Berserk, and it's mm-hmm. the 13th of November, Sunday, 1811. Yes. How efficient yes. was that, huh? That's very, very, lots of information now. Well done. If you like arcade games like we do, you may like this podcast. If you cut us, we bleed Space Invaders. Ow! Absolutely. Tell me what you've been up to. Tell me what you've been up to, Mr. Harley. Well, I've been up to a hell of a lot. I've been off work. Why? Because I had some holidays to use up, so I've used them up. So I've been some days out with wife and I went to Blackpool with Tony Doyle, who works at Arcade Club. Oh, yeah, I saw you, you idiots on BMXs and stuff <laughs> yeah. on some of the f- social media pictures. Yes, it's uh, had a good day there. Did you have fun? Did you have a lot of fun? Most of our kids are shut down at this time of year, but we went oh, in yeah. a few of them. I went on Star Wars Battle Pod again. Oh, yeah, any good? It's okay. It's all right. Did you, did you get to do more than one loop of the game without putting three quid in? Wherever much it is. It's a lot of money, isn't it? No, you play... You, you, Pay, I think it's two pound ago. This one, and if even if you complete the level, that's your two pound over. You oh, know. that's it. You just get like yeah. one one run through, and that's it. Yeah, I played Endor, okay, and I got yeah. right to the last boss, which was an at not an atat, an ATST, then Walker things. Right, but he stomps on me. Endor's me just like Junction Seventeen on the M25, isn't it? No, that's it's that's Enfield. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it? Right. Is it? Enfield's North <laughs> London. I know that much. All right. So what other games were there with any good? Any old ones? Not a lot, to be honest. We went in Coral Island, and the the diminishing video section's even littler now. They've got rid of stuff like Guitar Heroes Gone. And oh, really? They've got still got the four massive car outrun cars, you know, the outrun two full-size cars. Oh, wow. That's big, still, isn't it? Yeah, they've still got them, and they've got, I think it's a Rambo game and a Terminator game, and a few others, but there's less and less. Because Outrun 2, time. is that 10 years old now, 2006 that come out? Yeah, I think it's 2004, actually, something wow. like that. So that is quite old, considering, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's perhaps the oldest one I saw. And we went into the arcade over the road, which has changed its name again. It was, in back in the day, it was Mr. B's. Now it's Golden Mile Centre now. It's been renamed again. Mm-hmm. That didn't have much in it. It had a Sega Rally 3, oh, yeah. a few, few other bits. Not much, yes. You think but, these um, big arcades, especially in places like Blackpool, which is like the biggest seasidey town in the UK, they'd have like a little section for all us old gits, you know, the dads or the granddads even nowadays. You'd yeah. have, you know, like Space Invaders, Pac-Man, Gallagher, that sort of stuff. You know, you think they'd have a few, five or six machines? Because you can even get, I'm sure you can get like the modern made machines with, with old, maybe even emulated games or even licensed one for the proper arcades. Surely they're not that much to, to run. If they're 20, 20 to 50p a go, they make their money, I'd think. Yeah, they probably would. But these, the big ones, I don't think they make a lot of money now, you know. 
It's a sort of diminishing oh, trade, isn't it? All the money's in the redemption games. Those like a few of those Crossy Roads and Flappy Birds and Subway Surfers. You know, the mobile games that yeah. have been converted into like massive fifty-five inch tated LCD screens. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Good, all right. Okay. Anyway, just fun though. Mm, yeah, oh, cool, nice one. Anything else you've been up to? Tons. Because Tons. Oh, go on. It's been three weekends, isn't it? Really, that we've had in between the podcasts. Yes, there is actually. Yeah, I went to UK Vac meet at Arcade Club. Oh which, yeah, I missed that one, didn't I? Because it was uh, my anniversary thing, so I missed that. Which, as predicted, was brilliant. It's really oh, good. Nice. I understand yeah, that the, the floor below, which was going to be for the UK VAC party, is all now nice and completed now? It's not complete. It's 80% there. Yeah. So there was about, actually, about 80% of it we could get into. The rest they were still working on. They're working on a stage. They're going to put a stage in for bands and stuff. And is that for the 10 pence orchestra? I think they're opening. Yeah, they're on the opening night there. I really hope they're not. <laughs> there's, there's some tickets gone for sale on the internet. And <laughs> Don't say that. As... Yet, there isn't any sold. So I think there might be a problem with the website, the sales site. Thank God for that. We'll have to contact Ticketmaster and see what's going on there. <laughs> well, over that weekend, well, what else happened on the weekend? Tell me a bit more about Arcade Club. How many people were there, you reckon, for that weekend, the UK VAC thing? From UK VAC, I think about 60. Wow, that's a good turnout, isn't it? Yeah, so that that opened up room downstairs. It was great to have a chat. They had about... 15 machines along the back wall so we could all play them mm-hmm. and oh they had a berserk cocktail ooh. actually oh nice yeah very nice yeah so we had a great chat downstairs and then obviously went back upstairs and played in the proper arcade but yeah, yeah there's a me and alex did a sort of a, a muck about walk around which we can put at the end of this podcast as you do it's like 30 35 minutes but there's, there's loads of guest round there's loads of guest appearances from vacas okay Oh, man. Them darned vackers. It was so good. It's such a you know great opportunity to meet all the people that you've spoken to on the forum and then never seen before. You know. Yeah, it's nice putting uh, names to faces and faces to names mm. and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. talking about arcade club, I've got to go to my mum's up in Scotland next weekend because I've got a show. I have to use an iPad next weekend. Yes. Oh. So the weekend after, I'm going to come and see you up north. Ah, right. Yeah. Did you okay. did you have something on your mind then for a second? Next weekend I'm busy, but the weekend after... No, no, it's, not... it's Mummy's next weekend, and then Shawnee's mm. the weekend after. Oh, lovely. So we'll probably have to do the podcast from your gaff. Yeah. From your drum. Yeah. That'd be cool. So we can go Arcade Club, and hopefully... Is the Bat Cave on that weekend, do you know? 26th of November, isn't it? I'm yeah. not sure. No, I think it's the 3rd of December, the next one. So what would be nice to do is go and see... Lewis, at his yeah. shop maybe, and I want to have a look at his um, his arcade cab that he's had all nicely done up. He's got a Lord's oh, van. Yeah. He had some nice control panel overlays made, and he's also got that new Pi jammer board, hasn't he? I want to check that out. See if he's got it up and running yet. Yes, yeah, that'd be nice. So it'd be nice to see mm. Lewis as well. I might even buy mm. some stuff from his shop. He's got some good stuff in there, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, there's a, a mix of retro and modern in his shop. Yeah. Nice one. So some stuff I've been up to before you do some more of your things. Oh, there's lords here. On that weekend, on the Saturday, I went to see IMX, a band I really like, which are really good as usual, which is mm-hmm. when you were doing the arcade club thing. Mm-hmm. And on the Sunday, I drove up to somewhere near Nottingham, and we had Ben and Ver- Ben and Kerry's wedding. Now, Mister and Missus Vip, they were married by an ex Ewok, don't you know? 
Oh, that's nice. There's a dwarf actor called Brian who played one of the Ewoks. He's also in Harry Potter. I think he's done a lot of things because obviously there's quite a collective of, of dwarf actors for you know for doing certain parts, especially in fantasy films. So he was mm. there. He did the sort of procedure. And um, we took <laughs> lots. Of, we took lots of pies and meaty pastries from the Hackney Ginger Pig, which is quite a, a well-known butcher in in Hackney. And uh, so there was lots and lots of pies going on there. It was brilliant. They're real good quality oh, pies. Good. There was a lot of them. I mean, a lot of them. I helped clear up at the end, and we took bags of pies back to Vip's place. <laughs> I, had a, yeah. I had a quick look at his cab as well, and it's exactly what I thought. You know, he, he said it was fizzing. Mm. The anode cups. I think he's got a, quite um. Where he lives, he's sort of kitchen. It's like a kitchen sort of diner thing, and that's where the the cab is. And I think it's just yeah. got some moisture in there from the air. So I said, just run a hairdryer of it and sort it out. Just run a hairdryer on the back of the cab. It'll go through the vents and it'll sort it out easy. Just evaporate the water, no problem at all. Right. So it's that. So after after the wedding, we took some stuff back, helped clear up and everything because it's only a small event. Um, we went to we took them into Nottingham. Just uh, myself, wife, and Mister and Missus Vip. And we took mm-hmm. them to karaoke, to go karaoke singing. Yeah. And uh, obviously drinking as well at the same time, because that helps you, you sing. I'm sure of it. It does. It helps your mind <laughs> think you're singing well. Anyway, I know that. Yeah. But the thing was, this was obviously karaoke is a, is a sort of uh, an Asian thing, nearly always Japanese. But this was, um, I think it was a Chinese and a Korean one. So I went in right. there, and we said to the guy, there's English songs, isn't there? And yeah, 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 no problem, no problem, yeah, yeah. So I went in there, and there wasn't many English songs. It was all Chinese and Japanese and, Car- and Korean songs on there. Because they do a lot of K-pop, C-pop, J-pop, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So we did find some. I was doing a bit of Bonnie Tyler. But that was yeah. going down. Yeah. I need you tonight. Total <laughs> eclipse of the heart. That's the one. Kapow! Kapow! It was good. Were you holding, holding out for a hero, were you? I was holding out for heroes all night. Brilliant. None came along, though. So that was quite fun. It was a lot of fun, actually. I'll tell you another thing I've been doing lately, is I've been listening to some podcasts, and I listened to the Vectrex Radio podcast, which is quite a good one. Yes. And uh, Rick from the television areas was taken over from Jeremy for a little while. So it was Willie and Rick, and they were talking about Scramble on there. And they mm. can't even loop Scramble in the arcade or the Vectrex. So we should just oh. sort of lean back from the mics and do this at them, pointing. Ha ha! You can't do Scramble! Ha ha! <laughs> so, continuing on with trolling our podcast friends, the Pie mm. Factory podcasters are going to review a pie at the start of their podcasts, apparently. Mm. Wish we'd thought of that. Mm. So, Hitman Shawnee C isn't a fan of pies, apparently, because America doesn't do pie like we do. Meat pies for the win. Mm. But we could. They don't tend no, to eat meat pies work. in America. They have fruit pies, like apple pies, cherry pies, that sort of stuff. But they don't tend. To, to have the delicacy, which is meat pie, like we do. Really? Yeah, they don't really do it. It's not really a thing in America. I think they do chicken pot pie, but they don't have steak and kidney pies and have puddings like we do. Potato pie. Yeah, cheese and ham. All that lot. Oh, but- anything in a pie, I'd have. Anything. Do you have butter butter pies down south? Butter pies? Butter pies. No. You don't, do you? What's that? <laughs> Did you make that up? No. You're lucky enough there's butter in a pie. Just it's- butter? That would be it's, just liquid, surely, if you heated a pie up. <laughs> it's like potatoes and other stuff in it. But they're called butter pies. I look it up. It, they do exist in the Northwest. Oh, never heard of it. Mm, Great, nice. So, I also went to see Alex on the 1st of November, on the Tuesday, to have a quickie chat to him about the Nintendo Skyskipper project. It's widely covered on the website and also on the Broken Token podcast. 
But I just wanted to have a quick talk to him about what he was up to with it as well. Just sort of um, have a quick chat with him. I went around to see him anyway. And unfortunately, the audio was lost, which is a bit of a bummer, because I think Audacity went wrong or something. And I, it just saved nothing. So I will go mm. back and see him again. Oh, Hopefully some other stuff would have happened by then. But it's getting going on well. And if you want to hear and read what's going on about it, go over to www.skyskipperproject.com and sign up for their newsletter. Right. He also had a quick chat about his latest pickup, uh, which was a Space Invaders cab he got from a house clearance. You know, a, mm, a yes. midway one. Seen and a picture of that, yeah. Yeah, he sold it because it's a bit much for him to do. And he bought a cab off me today. So he's bought a jammer cab off me, which is quite nice. So he's going to have some jammer stuff to play with. I sold him a Neo Geo um, motherboard and cart as well. So he's got some games to play, which would be nice. He's going to have some parties in the summer. It'd be quite fun. Mm. He also showed me, I was talking about Nintendo with him and stuff, and he showed me a really cool game on the DS, which is basically a bunch of arcade remakes, which are really, really good. There's a really cool one on there. It's a real colourful version of Star Force. It's exactly right. the same as Star Force. And he reckons there's loads more games on it. It's like loads of them on there. So I'm going to try and download that and play it on my, uh, my R4 card. Mm. I've also been immortalised in a VIP drawing, which I've put on the website for people to look at. That's really good, that. Basically, it's got me looking quite manic with a stethoscope on, checking out his, uh, his cabinet, and he looks unhappy. And he's sort of standing by looking worried. And um, he just says, when you've been playing too much and have moist coils... Cool, ten pence arcade for a quick fix. So that's quite yeah, there's good. There's lots of little details in that picture. He's a good artist, isn't he? He's very good, actually. Yeah. Mm. I also found a little app called Pix Two. Have you played with that on your phone at all? No, but it's a it's a pixelation filter, isn't it? Yeah, I can, it's like an Android yeah. Apple app thing, and I pixelated myself with my headphones on at work, which is mm. quite fun. So we'll probably use that for some of our things, I expect. I can but, do it in GIMP. You are a gimp. Gimp is a... A bearded gra- gimp. <laughs> a graphics program that's not as bad as it sounds. I've heard of gimp years ago. Gimp is... It started off life as Linux. A Linux program, I think. Is it graphical yeah. something manipulation program? Graphical image, I think. Yeah. Manipulation yeah, program. It's, it's very good, mm. apparently. So that's good. Mm. Try not to Google gimp at work, though. No, don't do that. No. 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 Or bearded gimp. That'd be even worse. Mm. So another thing I did recently, this is more arcadey stuff, is I buffed the bejesus out of Phil Murray's centipede bezel on the Friday. Because mm. I was going to see him next day on the Saturday morning, which is last Saturday. It mm. took about 40 minutes of frantic buffing. I nearly <laughs> yeah. buffed myself unconscious. There is no scratches in that sucker anymore. There was some really deep gouges on it, like three deep gouges right across the middle of the screen. And when I saw it, I thought, oh, I'm not about to get those out. I might have to actually mill out the middle of the screen and replace it with another piece of perspex like like press it in there yeah. but it's amazing what you can do with some different grades of wet and dry sandpaper and one of those auto buffers you know you know the sort of wibbly wobbly buffers yeah. i've got one of those right it's just for using on um, bezels it's really really good it's like the final thing you do and we're going to talk about that later in the tech tips ah. in case anyone needs to get some scratches out of some perspex so, kids, if your cab has been attacked by a werewolf and gouged... Yeah. Or, or a wolverine. Can... Yeah, you get Mr. Marlon to buff the bugger. No, no, don't tell him that. I do not know. I will not buff other people's... I only do it for friends who are usually right. doing me favours. No, no, no. It's a lot of hard right. work. It's like, it's like wax on, wax off lots of times. Karate kid. Yeah, it's really hard work. But 
it's really rewarding when you get them all out. So we'll talk mm. about that later. So on the Saturday, I went up to see Phil Murray, friend of the show, friend of ours. And we went up there, basically, I had to take him aboard, and he was replacing one for me with a relaxing multi-kit on, which now works perfectly. Thank you very much, Phil. And we tried to diagnose what was wrong with my centipede PCP, because it was, it was it had sort of like rubbish all over the screen. It wasn't working quite right. It should have just been a case of RAM, as it was beeping. When you put it into self-test mode, it beeps at you, and you count the number of beeps it does, and you look at a little chart, and it tells you what RAM is faulty at mm-hmm. a certain position. So you can just whip it out. Well, I say whip it out. You've got to unsolder it, solder a socket, and then put a new RAM in. And that usually it makes it work. But the PCB wouldn't display on Phil's test rig at all. And he had his own working board there, which was fine on the test cab. And he also had my broken one, which would display some garbage, but it was still displaying. So that worked okay. So... It took us about an hour to work out with a logic probe and a logic comparator, which is interesting stuff to watch if you don't know what you're doing with it. And we found out that the signal wasn't getting to the sync pin on the edge connector. When we turned it over to check something else, Phil noticed in the light there was a small break in a trace, about a millimetre wide. It was God, really small. Yeah. You could hardly see it. And he goes, look at that. And I went, oh! And we just put a piece of wire, just put our finger across it with a bit of wire, and it displayed. So we just, we've just soldered a little piece of really very thin wire and I'm just going to glue it down as a little sort of um, replacement trace for it so that's actually displaying now I'm not sure he's actually fixed it yet but it was displaying as it should I think I've got some rams to replace on it so yeah it was was a really small little break it wasn't even a millimetre it was about 0.1 of a mil it was really thin like ridiculous like like someone's just got a knife and broke it because I said at first is that supposed to be like that and he said no I'm going to look on the other one so I looked on one of the working ones and it indeed was correct it should have been a proper track, and it was obviously broken for some reason. So, yeah. Mm. But that's why when I was trying it in the cabinet, sometimes it wouldn't work, and sometimes it would. I think what happened is it was obviously the the, t- the trace was just touching slightly, and when you moved it around, it wasn't touching then touching. So I yeah. thought it was the fuses in the cab with slightly dodgy connections. But, you know, it's, it's okay. So it's it's not working yet, but it's better than it was anyway. It'd be that werewolf that's cut it, wouldn't it? I think so, with his wolverine mm-hmm. talons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's him scraping at my, my PCB. That's a very good werewolfy face. It is. Especially with, with your hair and your beard. I've got a bit of a beard going on at the moment. I can't yeah. grow a real beard, because stuff doesn't grow underneath my lip, which is a bit rubbish. So I'm going to have to shave it off. Wife keeps moaning about it as well. It's all scratchy. Get it off. She's mm. completely true. She's right. Mm. So on Saturday... Yeah. Uh, last Saturday it was. No, Sunday, sorry. This was the day after I went to Phil's. The London video game market in Russell Square was on again. Yes. So I went along to meet up with mainly a couple of friends. Uh, none of them made it for various reasons. I did talk to Alan Uberpixel and Chun Vibribbon as well, some of the guys who, who were there, who were always there. Always a pleasure. And their regulars at the event. I also bumped into Garen from our GDS podcast. Oh, yeah. That was a nice, nice guy. Never met him before. He sort of recognised me because I had the 10 pence T-shirt on. And as soon as he opened his mouth, I recognised him. I recognised him. He's got yeah. quite a distinct voice. It's a yeah, deep, nice manly guy, voice. Yeah, he's a lovely bloke. Really liked him. So I had a decent chin man with him. And just before I was about to go, I also met John Keane from the RGDS as well. Yeah. He's the uh, He-Man and his lady, Shauna. Yeah. So I, I didn't get to speak to him for very long. But he seemed quite a nice guy as well. Um, the only thing I bought from there, I think John was on the, on the hunt for some Wonder Boy games for his Master System. He's a big Master System collector. Mm. There was so much going on, but it was so crowded there. It was like four deep to every single stall. It was yeah. really, really busy. But it was, 
I was sort of wandering around on my own for quite a bit because I sort of expected to meet a few people there and for whatever reasons they couldn't make it. I think Leon was working, Alex couldn't make it for some reason, Adrian couldn't make it. I think Darren Hatton had had a big night out with his dad the night before because it was his 70th birthday. So lots yeah. of people didn't turn up. So on my own. So I had a pint of Guinness on my own. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It was all right. It was okay. Ooh. Very, very busy though. So the only thing I did buy was Crash Bandicoot for the PS1. And this was actually for Phil Nez for Life. He asked me if I could look out for it for him and I did find it. And yeah. um, guess how much that was? That was a sort of a, a bog standard game back in the old PS1 days, wasn't it? Crash Bandicoot. The first one. Yeah. It was Was it thirty two quid? It was twenty to thirty so different prices. One was twenty quid and one was thirty two pounds for a simple PS one game. God. It's crazy, isn't it? They're getting collectible now, the PS one games. Yeah, aren't I was they? I was told a lot of the PS one versions of all the Spyro games, which are good, and the Crash Bandicoot games, which are quite good, they're all going for sort of silly money now. I think people sort of want to play them again because they had them back in the day for like two or three quid when they were in bargain buckets. And they've obviously gone and you know haven't got them, and now they're being collectible again. Crazy stuff, madness. So, anything else you've been up to? Oh, plenty, yeah. But this uh, one of these days out, I had I went to Lake Windermere with wife, took mother-in-law. Yeah. And she very nearly beat me on air hockey. Really? How old's mother-in-law? Hundred and twelve. Actually, no, about seventy-five. I think. I hope she's not listening. I had to dig deep to beat her. It was it was a bit bit embarrassing, you know. She's really? she's, she's damn good at it. Is she quite a sprightly seventy five year old then? Yeah, she is. Yeah, must have special powers. Mm. Super mother in law. And guess what else I did? What? Just before John Studley went to Florida, I interviewed him for a film. Ooh. Well, we're going to tell the listeners about our film, aren't we? Yeah, you know more about it than I do. I'm just a sort of mm. innocent bystander at the moment, but I will be involved. <laughs> so what's going our on? Our friend, Sir Daniel of Smashington. Daniel of Smashington? He wanted to make... He's, he's worked in TV quite a lot. He's, you know, doing being a cameraman for shows like Come Dine With Me and some of these other shows. Ooh. And he, want, he wants... He's, he's out of that now, but he wants to make a film on arcade the UK arcade scene with an emphasis on the collecting side of it. Yeah. So we're interviewing all the people we can get, get our grubby little paws on, you know, all the celebrities from the scene. So mm-hmm. John Studley was at arcade club. So, so he took the opportunity and interviewed him. So I was behind the camera firing questions at him mm-hmm. and then he was talking to me and then, and Dan got a few more shots and everything. So the film is going to be called stay gold. Ooh, stay gold, which stay is gold. It's like a pun on the golden age. Oh, okay, of. yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, so it's going to be, a, a, I would say, a long, drawn-out thing. I'd, I, you're definitely not going to see it this year. Maybe maybe a year, I don't know. Yeah, they take a long time to make these things, because lots. I think you, you get as much information as you can, and you get yeah. all the best parts and edit it down. Obviously, it's down from many, many hours of, of film and, and audio and talking and stuff, and then they just condense mm. it down to an hour, hour and a half maybe. So that'd be quite yeah. good. Yeah, we've, we've already got Jim Bagley. He's, he's agreed to appear on it. And nice. a few of the UK backers who, who've got big collections, like Ollie Alpha One. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got, some, we've got some good players on there. We've got some world-class players. Charlie Farr must be you know, involved in there somewhere, I would have thought. And uh, Tony Temple, who's the Missile Command champion and stuff like that. There's loads of people I can mention who, who've got world records. That'd be quite interesting. And they've obviously been playing yeah. games since the 80s as well. Yeah, so it's it's kind of... It's, I think it's going to grow into something very good. It's not going to just be a... Well, we're involved, of course a, it is. 
a talking heads kind of thing. We're trying to give it a bit of story and a bit of character. Do you know what I mean, mate? Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, guess what else? What else? Ooh, 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 I like ooh, doing that, that ooh, monkey ooh, thing. It's nice. <laughs> At Arcade Club last Friday, yes. there was an organisation called N Europe, but N short for Nintendo Europe. Oh, it's a Nintendo did... thing, was it? I see. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge forum, actually. 24-hour charity gaming event at Arcade Club last Friday. And they did it for the Teenage Cancer Trust, because one oh, of their nice members, one. yeah, one of their members called Mad Dog, he died very young of cancer. He's only 24. Oh, what a shame. So they've done a 24-hour stream. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there talking to him for quite a bit. And so far, they've raised £1,600 for the Teenage Cancer Trust. So as as the Arcade Club stream finished, the N Europe members in Canada, mm-hmm. even though it's at Europe, that yeah. there's got a load of members in Canada, they, they were doing their own 24-hour stream. So really, it was a 48-hour continuous stream. So I don't know how much they've raised yet, but it's it's all for a good cause. So that's cool, isn't it? Yeah, I've heard a lot of... This is obviously one for a, a person who was in, in the UK, which is brilliant. But I've also heard some American podcasters, I think Rick from the Televisionaries and, and now the uh, Vectrex Radio, he mm. was doing a 24-hour marathon gameplay. I think he was playing lots of pre-crash games. He was playing like Atari, Odyssey 2, and some of the really older ones. He was just like had a, a, a feed-on from video and just playing for 24 hours. He'd have like a couple of hours playing... VCS, then he'd bring the television out and play some hours on that, and did a whole day, full day of doing mm. it, just for charity, which is absolutely brilliant. Excellent. Well played, guys. Takes a lot of doing. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I like well, that. well done, lads. I think there were five of them streaming there. There were four streams and one guy like keeping it all together, commentating and that. So nice that was good. That's really cool. I like that sort of stuff. And also, I have been playing a PS4 VR at what? RK Club. Yeah, it's kind of changing my mind on the future of these ga- these 3D games, you know, these virtual reality games. Okay. It was called, uh, it still is called, Eve Valkyrie. So it's a ver- it's from the Eve Online universe, I think. And it's, you start off, you, you put your headset on and the, and the ear for headphones and you zoom out into the, into space and there's all these asteroids around and you're shooting stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, and you look down and you can see your torso you know, in the spaceship, yeah. which is kind of a weird feeling. It, you almost get a twinge like these are my hands that I can see moving and stuff, you know. Yeah. And you shoot all the bad guys and everything, and then you start doing rolls. And I was doing the training mode. Yeah. But after, I would say, 10 minutes, I started to feel nauseous. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it was. I was getting feeling a bit ill, so I had to take it off. And apparently that game is particularly bad for that because you're doing barrel rolls and stuff. And yeah, Imagine if you were in a proper aeroplane doing them sort of acrobatics. You'd have to have a strong stomach for that sort of thing because it, it messes up your, is it your equilibrium. Yeah. That's a $20 word if ever I heard one. That's but a yeah, great it, me- word. it messes up your sort of your head, if you know what I mean. Because mm. you're used to walking along with the horizon in front of you. When it starts going upside down and around the wrong way, you don't really know where you are. Mm. That's why you get dizzy, I presume. Yeah, but the actual gameplay, I think it would be fantastic. You know, you get really into it, but in short bursts, because I, I don't think, I didn't like having the headset on for that amount of time either. It's exactly, so, well, it's almost the same as playing the Virtual Boy. Remember the old Nintendo Virtual Boy, which is a bit of a flop? Mm. The actual, when you play it, it's brilliant. Some of the games are really clever. They sort of work like the 3DS, where you've got sort of, um, you've got different layers to the game. And when you play yeah. it, it's good, but because it's it's red and black, which is quite hard on the eyes, and I think it, it does something that you don't 
quite see when you're playing it, but it obviously affects your eyes. So you can only play that for a sort of very short burst. But the actual effect is brilliant. It's really, really good to play. But it's a weird mm. thing to be, you know, you shove your face over the over the little eye holes and play it. And it, it's not very comfortable playing it. And obviously it gives you headaches if you're not too long. But as soon as they sort yeah. that bit out, and obviously the headsets are going to get lighter and smaller. And before long, they'll just be lenses like a pair of spectacles. I presume that's what I think. Yeah. So it will it will go that way, I think. But I was talking to Alex today. He came round for that machine today, and I was talking about games. And I said, I don't want reality. I want to be playing a game that isn't real. You know, that's what a game <laughs> is to me. You know, a little yeah. character on the screen is made out of blocks. That's fine. The actual mm. real worldy thing, I'm not that interested in. You know, mm. it's getting old, aren't we? Yeah, we used to the simple stuff. We don't want none of that fangled rubbish with VR. Oh, no, I'm not having any of that. <laughs> it is definitely impressive, though. And you it's very clever. That. It's very clever. It's clever how they fool your senses, mm. which is the thing about it. But you don't have to look daft with them headsets on. Yeah, looking up and down like a loon. You, I mean, yeah. look at you now. Yeah. Oh, you haven't got a headset on, have you? No, I just look daft normally, but oh, even sorry, worse sorry. with a headset on. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what we've been up to here. Tons. I've tons. been playing a lot as well, but I'm playing a lot of this week's game, and I've also been playing a lot of next show's game as well because I put it in a cabinet with a proper PCB, and I'm playing loads of that, tons of it. Hey, guess what? What? There is in my main where I've been playing Berserk. Yes. There's a timer that tells you how long you've been playing it, which I've never noticed before. Oh, it's yeah, you can turn it on and off. Yeah, in It's one of the options. Guess how long I've been playing Berserk in the last two weeks? <laughs> I don't know, 50 hours? No, 26 and a half hours. That's over a full day's worth of play. Yeah. You could have done that for the charity event. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is very, yes, we will get on to Berserk later on. I think we've got similar opinions on that game. Yay. Arcade News. Rob McMullen, our friend from the Player Missile podcast. The Atari 8-bit podcast. Yeah. He was at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo recently, and he, he did a little walk-round for us, a little nine-minute walk-round. And we're going to put that in, kids, 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 here. Hey, Sean and Vic, it's Rob from the Player Missile Podcast. I'm here at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, and they have about 80 or 100 arcade machines here. I thought I'd give you a quick walk around and let you know what they got. So this is kind of the starting at the back of the venue here. They've got a, a Rockola's Nibbler machine, which I think is the one they had that documentary about that some guy got a billion points. Well, I played yesterday, and I got like 6,000, so I got a little work to do. And they have Ladybug, which you guys covered. I think Mr. Do, which you guys covered, I think, really early on. Mr. Do's Castle. They got a couple, like three centipede machines and a millipede next to each other. And then a Atari Multicade. I don't know if that's an official one or not, but it's got centipede, multipede, multipede, millipede, crystal castles, and arcanoid. They have another stand-up arcanoid and another millipede after that. Then a Marble Madness and a Missile Command. And they have another oddball multicade. It's a Let's Go Bowling. That is, I don't know what company it's by. Cosmo Dog, it says. Oh, and then the Centipede Multipede, or Centipede, I keep saying that, Multipede. Centipede Millipede Missile Command going to uh, by copyright Infogram. So it must be an Atari thing, you know, after Atari got taken over by Infogram. Then they have a Black Tiger, uh, Final Fight, Bad 
dudes versus Dragon Ninja, and they, then they have a six-player X-Men cab. That's the end of the row here, and they've got a little, like, claw machine. Going down the other side of the next row, they have a something I've never seen before, Lazarian. It's in a, in a, uh, a cabaret cab. It's got, it's like, it looks like a, I don't know, I played it, it's like a four-way joystick and then four fire buttons. I could not figure it out, but I've never seen it before at all. It's, I don't know, odd. You're like, running around on a, you've got a little spaceship or something, and you can zip around any of the four directions and then shoot. Apparently it has different levels, but I never got past the first one. And they have a Galaxian O, and then there's this week's game, Rally X. Or this week, as I'm recording, probably not when I get this to you. Uh, and they have Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, a couple of Miss Pac-Mans. Miss Pac-Man Galaga 20-year cab, and a Galaga. And they have a Galaga 88, Wizard of War. And they have Baby Pac-Man, which is a very, very not good game. We've got a couple of Wizard of War games, Congo Bongo, Zaxxon, Master Blaster, which you guys did recently, Carnival, Frogger, and Phoenix fills up the end of that row. Then they have a couple little cabarets. They've got a Tetris and a Clax cabaret. And then they have a Clax upright. They have something called Atax, which I had no idea. It's like you, have, you control this little mouse cursor on the screen. I, could not fig- I couldn't get to do anything. I couldn't figure it out at all. It has this big page of text instructions. It's like when you have text instructions on an arcade game, you've probably already missed the boat. They have a three-player rampart and then a Tetris full upright. There's a game called Crash, which looks like a very early game, but it's out of order. It's got the Fix the Felix out of order sign on it. Got APB with the flashy lights on the marquee. Uh, Hang On by Sega. Then they have Road Blasters, Outrun. Got a Rush 2049 dual setup. Crazy Taxi, which is fun to run over people on. Uh, there's a little Cabaret Cubert. The narc say no to drugs with the I think this is the one that has the FBI logo that I saw earlier. It's pretty crowded now. There's lots of people playing, so I haven't been able to get on machines for a while. They have a multi Williams and a Robotron. They have a Cheyenne that's unfortunately out of order. Operation Wolf. Uh, and then we're getting into some games that are like later. They got Revolution X. Uh, what's that? Area 51. Carnival. Street Fighter 2. What is that? K2, Virtua Fighter 2, and they have a Neo Geo multicab. And at the end of this row, they have a Killer Queen, which is that 10 player game. It's pretty fun, but it's hard to keep track of where you are. <laughs> Who's for me? Around that corner again, we go to Lock On, which is kind of a fighter. It's a, a fighter, fighter plane game. You've got ground and air targets. I don't remember seeing it. it. must be... I don't know how late it is. It's a day-to-east game. But, you know, it's full... It's 3D kind of... I don't know if it's polygon or fake polygon graphics. I think it's fake polygon. So it must be... I don't know, mid-80s? They have a... Sente Mini Golf. Capcom Bowling. Oh, Cosmos is back working again. I didn't get a chance to play that earlier. It was down. So, but it looks like it's working again. They have a Dragon's Lair with a TV on top so you can see what's going on. Jungle King, Crazy Climber, Circus Charlie, R Type uh, 720, uh, Capcom's Forgotten Worlds, they have Legendary Wings, 
I have Fire Trap, which I've never seen before. Oh, I, I can't remember that. I don't remember seeing it before anyway, but uh, it's kind of like an isometric crazy climber. They have a Time Pilot 84. Uh, oh, some early Space Invaders game. It's a Stratovox. I think it's, it's a Taito game. It's kind of like a combination of Space Invaders and Defender-ish, but you know, not nearly as advanced as Defender, but you're trying to save these people that are on the, on the right side of the screen. They have a little Cabaret Spectar. They have Iron Man Off-Road. Oh, they have an old Tank 2, an old Atari game. And then we get some Vector games. They got a Cabaret Battle Zone and a full-size Battle Zone. Two Asteroids and two Asteroids Deluxe. And then another full-size Battle Zone. This one with the little scope you look through. We've got a Cabaret Tempest and a Star Wars. And that looks like it for the, the Vector games. Last year they had a Major Havoc. And I was hoping they'd have that again this year, but no luck, unfortunately. They've got a Return of the Jedi, and then a Blasteroids, Dig Dug, and here's an interesting one, they have a Yars Revenge Cabinet, which it looks to me like it's the 2600 version of Yars Revenge, and somebody did, stuck it in a cabinet and put full side art and uh, marquee and everything. The cabinet itself is the same shape as a, looks like a Millipede-style cabinet. Throw it sitting right next to Dig Dug, the same as the Dig Dug cabinet. They have a teeny little mini bubble bottle cabinet that's like... People have to kneel down to play unless you know, like size of my my boys or something they can stand up and play. They have a real Ghostbusters, which is a three-player cab. Looks like I don't remember seeing this Data East game. I don't know what year it is, but yeah, three-player game. Then they've got their roll of Nintendo stuff. Uh, they've got well, I, I guess it started out with Bubble Bobble, but it's a Taito game, but in a Nintendo cab. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. If that's a Nintendo game or if that's a Taito game, they just somebody retrofitted it a Nintendo style cab or what? But not sure. Yeah, Popeye, Mario Brothers, two Donkey Kongs, a Donkey Kong Jr. They have two Punch Outs. Uh, Play Choice 10, Donkey Kong 3, uh, Dr. Mario, uh, a Mario Brothers, another Popeye, a Kangaroo, a Shinobi, Berserk, and Lost Tomb. We have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Spider-Man. That looks like it. And then they have a bunch of pinballs and stuff. I ordinarily wouldn't talk about pinball, but they have uh, a Revenge from Mars and a Star Wars Episode One, which are the... It's kind of like a pinball hybrid. It's got a TV screen that has some uh, computer effects in it. It's uh, the subject of the documentary Tilt the Battle Save Pinball by Greg Maletic. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's a really, really good documentary, even though I'm not a huge pinball fan and this is not a pinball podcast. But still, it was... It's kind of like the demise of William's pinball division. So I'd recommend that. That would be interesting, I think, probably to your listeners, even though we're not listening to a pinball podcast. But still, it's cool. Anyway, your roving reporter here in the U.S. signing off. Mm, excellent bit of audio, and it sounds like a brilliant event. I wish I could have gone there. That, that Portland one's supposed to be really, really good. And I've been to Portland. Portland is probably one of the grooviest places on the planet. 
no Groovy. joke. It's really cool there. It's such a beautiful place. People are lovely. Hipsters everywhere. But nice yeah. hipsters. Not pretentious ones. Nice ones. Mm. And just really, really cool place to be. And I know a few people who live there as well. Another podcaster called Kevin Savitz, who does another Atari mm. podcast, is there. So if we could have met up with those guys, it would have been an amazing day out. But poor old mm. Rob, I was, I was listening to this on the Antic podcast when Kevin Savitz was talking about it, and poor old Rob, he tried to get on every single arcade game out of about 200 that were there. He said, well, I'm going to play every single one. And he did all of it, and there was one left to do, which is called Off-Road, a big machine. Yeah. So I'll do this just before it ends, you know. And he went to go and play it, and they turned them all off to try and get everyone out. Denied! Oh. That was a bummer, wasn't it? Yeah, he did all of them apart from one. So he got on every single mm. game. He also saw the Lazarian game, or Lazarian game. Oh, a really rare one we did, yeah. Yeah, I think... The artwork on that is really nice, but he showed us a little video of it, and I think it was just a standard little cabaret with wood veneer sides, so it didn't have the artwork. Oh, I see. Just put it in another cab, yeah. Yeah, if you can check that artwork out, which it's it's beautiful, really nice. The game's not great, but the artwork's you know great. Had to make up for it somehow, didn't it? Yeah. So, have you seen the these Nintendo button reproductions that Mike's Arcade and over in America have done? I know you've talked about them. I haven't seen them. I backed these when they were on Kickstarter oh, over a year ago now, but it yeah. failed. But and another thing, I was never charged for it. I think on, on Kickstarter, if something fails, you don't get charged for it. You pledge your money. If it doesn't go ahead, you don't get charged. So everything's mm. fine there. Because I actually asked Mike about it. But the wonderful Mike was not put off, and he continued on with his, his quest to make these buttons. And he's got some dyes made up, and he's got all the colours. So you've just got the you've got the normal orange and blue, from the Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Popeye, that sort of stuff. You also mm. got all the different colours from the the red tent machines because they have different colours for one, two, three, and four players. And I think there's yeah. different colours on some of the other games as well. But they're very different. The buttons, Nintendo buttons. They've got they've got a taller a taller plunger, and they've got different shapes on them, and they they feel very different, and they're a different size as well. So mm. they they only sort of fit fit into certain holes. But he's actually done them, and I think people should get them quickly because they're not going to last long, I don't think. I'm not sure no. how many he had done, but they're not going to last long because they're really, really good. They're almost, well, basically, they're exactly spot on. That's good. We also have a Neo Geo MVS SD flash cart, which is coming to be released. It's like an EverDrive for the Neo Geo, really. The yeah, MVS. Not to be confused with the cheap Chinese cartridges with multi games on, which don't work very well. Like the one mm. I gave Alex earlier that stopped working a while back, and only certain games on it work. This is an SD you can put your own games onto. Yeah, they're damn pricey though. You looked at the prices on them. There's there's, yeah. a, there's a few in in sort of pre-production at the moment, and they were quite expensive. And I did notice you, on this one we were looking at, which we've we've put on the no shows. You can only have one game loaded at a time onto the onboard flash memory, and it can take up to four minutes to flash each game onto the memory. It's weird that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the Neo heads will go mad for this, or not mm. really, because they do seem to like, like collecting these expensive carts in the boxes. And also, a Raspberry Pi emulates all the games now and perfectly anyway, so yeah. I'm not sure. It's very expensive, but I suppose it's more like real hardware than emulation, because mm. I think it uses uh, FGPAs and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, and you can put it you can put it straight into like your four slot or six slot. Yes, because it's the same shape as a cart, isn't it? Yeah, and it'll just work, yeah. Because they did that for the the uh, sorry, the Sega STV a while back. Because a friend of mine's got one. Mm. And that works the same kind of way. I think it flashes the SD images 
onto its own memory. But that yep. works almost spot on as well, but it was quite expensive. Mm. So we've got on the well, notes here, more on the Skyskipper story. No, we haven't, because it didn't work. But we will get it again for the next show. Oh, yeah. What's going on with Darius, I hear you say, Vic? Did you just say that? What's going on with Darius? Yes, or Darius even. It looks like to me, young man, it's getting a 30th anniversary... It looks like to me it's getting a 30th anniversary edition that's coming out on the PS4. Yes, because this is um, on the Japanese site, Darius.jp. And I saw the words PS4 Hmm? and anniversary. So I've put two and two together, made 73. So I presume they're getting a decent version of it, a new version, which is quite nice if you've got a PS4. Mm. PS4 are getting quite a lot of these older style games, I've noticed. They are, aren't they? Still not enough for me to want to buy one. But good for the other people who've got one already. Nice. And there's another one that's coming out on PS4, which is strange. Yeah. It's a game. It's a Mooncrester sequel called Terror Force. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't know this existed. I knew there was Mooncrester, Terror Cruster. Terror Cruster. Dan- yeah, I've heard of Terror Cruster. And Dangar UFO, which was the third one. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And they've all got similar mechanics where you can bolt power-ups onto your ship and your ship actually physically changes yes but this one doesn't i was playing it today i think you can get like it's a horizontal shooter that you can go into little holes in the level and it becomes vertical oh right okay that's interesting and it's got like quite nice graphics but it's a strange one to to release yeah it must be more famous in japan than it is here that yeah probably was they did get some different games to us yeah so DK on the Commodore 64, this is DK Junior, I believe, and I downloaded it, and it's quite good. I played it the other night. I put it on my SD card and made it the night. It's brilliant. I actually, I think it's, it is. It, has, it is actually Donkey Kong. Oh, I haven't got that then, because I've downloaded a new Donkey Kong Junior version, and it's very good, very close to the arcade. I'll have to get that then. I'll put the, yeah. the a little thing on the no shouts for that. No shouts. Mm-hmm. Also from our. Arcade Heroes friends, Daytona USA is to return. There's going to be a version called Daytona USA 3 Championship Edition, smart, mm-hmm. and and it's going to be, I think it's going to be previewed at the IAPA show, which is a show every November in America. Oh, cool. Nice massive, massive gaming show. So perhaps by the time this podcast is out, there'll be more news on that. Daytona, Daytona 3. Yeah. So more fans... More of our fans are buying 10 pence t-shirts. The crazy yeah, few people. Yeah. Les bought some. Peter came on Sweden. I think Ian Ski's bought some. I bought one for someone recently as well, which is nice. Mm. Yeah, so that's good. Seeing our 10 pence t-shirts is quite cool. Yeah, it's very good, that. I like it. It's, it's two links that I have stolen. Stolen is the word. Mm-hmm. From, from the Retro Hour podcast. I was listening to their podcast, and they had two, two bits of arcade news that had slipped by my fantastically evil eyes yes your tentacles not, not evil eyes inquisitive eyes eyes mm. that pick up stuff anyway yeah. eyes first eyes first what good game eyes any good oh it's brilliant good first one is the world's largest cab that's got into the guinness book of records and it's 14.4 feet tall that's quite tall yeah, it's got an 80-inch screen. <laughs> Not CRT, unfortunately. That'd be quite a, interesting to see. A massive 16-inch trackball. That's a football, isn't it? Another trackball. Basically, yeah. Bigger than a football, even. I mean, like it, a is, it, is, ball. 
it is actually playable but it, there's a pictures and there's a little video and there's a guy sat on an oversized stool trying to trying to reach up and play the controls that's so. what i was like when i was six yeah but this guy i think is about 30 so the, yeah. the machine is really big and unused never before seen virtua fighter characters discovered retro i've discovered we're, we're copying them mm-hmm. and guess what it is what is it it's unused never before seen virtua fighter characters have been discovered wow I understand one of the characters, Dave, is a yeah. three-handed bin man with a special banana fighting stance. It's <laughs> unusual, isn't it? <laughs> That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Bin fighters. Bin fighter. They throw bins at each other. Fight. Fight. Right, that is it for the arcade news, kids. Arcade pickups. Right, some dull stuff for me. AC distribution blocks. How interesting are they? Brilliant. Basically, these are little units for putting AC, uh, alternating current, into your cab, and then AC wiring to the light blocks, which in power supply, monitor. But it's the proper way of doing it, not using the chop block like I used to. I'm doing mm. it properly now. This distributes the, the the volts properly and stuff. Right. It's a safer way of doing it, basically. It looks a lot neater as well. Mm. I bought some DC plugs, which is the direct current. These are the little plugs that you use on you know, the old the old games from yesteryear with the... The, the transformers for the wall. Yeah. And this is basically so I can power my jammer PCB switcher because it needs an extra five volts into it for all the electronics to work. And um, it works now because at first, this is a Chinese thing I bought off someone, it's a pile of rubbish. It kept like cutting out. And when it cuts out the, the power, it switches back to the first game in the line because you put, so you put two boards in there and the one at the, the front or, or slot one, it always defaults that. So when it loses power, it just defaults that. So I was playing Scramble, for instance, and all of a sudden it would just switch out like that. And it would go back really? to like the 16 one I had. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, and I couldn't see what I was doing because the game had switched off. What I found out was one of the one of the actual plugs was faulty that I bought. So when you touch the plug, it was just it was sort of cutting out all the time. So I put a new plug on it, and it absolutely works fine now. So that's oh, that's really good. good. It's got like a remote control button. So when you're playing a game, you just press this remote control button and it switches to the other PCB. They, they, mm-hmm. It never turns them off. They're both on all the time, but it just turns the sound and the video back on and obviously your controls. Oh, so that's right. really, really that's cool. Good. Because you can have two yeah. games in there at once. Well, for me, it's 61 games in there because I've got 60 in one and a proper dedicated PCB. That's nice. They're really cool. I think you can get up to six slot ones as well. And the two slot ones they're using in um, the Galloping Ghost. So there's sometimes yeah. they have two games in one. They're like Green Beret and MIA in the same cab, that sort of stuff. So they're pretty yeah. cool. I also bought some small red push buttons to fit onto the coin reject button holes. My ISIS coin mech plates. So I don't use um, coin mechs in my machines. After I just put buttons on for the credits. They look really yeah. neat now. I also made those coin mech plates. And if you want to see some of the stuff I've been making, you should look on the website on the right-hand side where the, the, the segments are at the top. There's one called Victor's Tinkerings, and I've put loads mm. of stuff on there, pictures of what I made in the past, and quick, brief explanations of why and how I did them. Um, they're quite interesting, some of them, because a lot of the stuff's arcade-related or sort of game console-related, that sort of stuff. So yeah. if you're interested in making things, hacking things, and reproducing stuff, have a look. It's quite good. Quite good. Mm. Very nice. They look at the business as well, those buttons, because they're red ones, and all, all the buttons on the cab are red, so it looks quite nice. Mm. What else have you got? I also bought a John's Arcade, uh, Ian Kellogg, Amplifone Vector Deflection Rebuild Kit for the Battlezone Monitor. But 
I made a mistake. I bought the wrong one. Mm. The monitor in a battle zone is not an amplifone. It's an electrohome. They sound similar, and I got confused. So oh. I got the wrong thing. But I've, I didn't use any of it because obviously it's the wrong parts for the monitor. But I managed to sell it on almost straight away because people use them for the, the color amplifones. Yeah. So that was handy. But I still got to fix the battle zone monitor, so I need some parts of that still. I think Ooh. Tony Temple's going to help me out with that because he's got some bits on his E fixed. Oh, that's right. about it for pickups. Uh, yeah, that's it so far. Not much this time. I, I've got one pickup. What is it? One of our listeners, Delta Lima 212, a guy called Alan. I met him at Arcade Club and he presented me with a kilo box of Irish biscuits. A kilo flown, of biscuits? It'd flown over from Ireland. Oh, right. To go to Arcade Just, Club? Yeah. Nice one. And it's got custard creams with a hint of Guinness in it. That sounds revolting. It, it may not have any Guinness in it. I may have made that up. Oh, I like Guinness, but I'm not to king mm. on the custard part. Well, I like custard, also, obviously. I'm, I'm to be trusted. I like custard, but not custard creams. Nah. Irish custard creams, they, they taste the same as ours, actually. I thought they might. Mm. And also, bourbon biscuits. You know, you know when you sort of you use your teeth and prise one side of the biscuit off? I think it's called nibbling. Yeah, and nibble, then the, nibble, you, you nibble, get to nibble, the like, nibble, little nibble, fondant nibble. bit. And yeah. do you know what's printed in the fondant? Don't eat this, it's horrible. A shamrock. Really? No, made that up as well. But <sighs> wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be cool if it did? It Irish, would. Irish bourbons. Do you have to take the top off very carefully with your teeth just to see a little shamrock inside? <laughs> so 500 grams of these biscuits are actually yours, Vic. Have you eaten I'm, them yet? I'm sorry to say you might not get these. Mm, I'm coming up in two weeks' time. They'll be gone definitely by then, won't they? They probably will have, yeah. I've got you some lemon biscuits I took from the plane when I was up in Aberdeen that time. Lemon? Yeah. Lemon biscuits? Oh, they're so good. Ooh. But I don't think I'll give them to you. Now you've got my half of the biscuits, you monkey. Wait, if you eat the lemon biscuits, I'll eat, I'll eat the kilo of others. Oh, that sounds fair. Yeah. Mm. Sorted. Right, let's get on to the next one. Listener feedback. We had loads of retweets when we released the last podcast, so thank you for that. Thank you, everyone. And I put a bit of a moan out because we weren't getting many feedback. I thought, oh no, the bubble's burst. Everyone's bored of the 10 Pence Arcade podcast. And we mm. won't get much feedback. And then all of a sudden, I mentioned it on one of the, I think, on UK VAC and maybe even on Twitter. And we had loads of it, which is quite nice. I think people have just forgotten to do it. So thanks for all yeah. your feedback, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank the you first ever. one. Nest for Life. He mentioned those Jack's Portables, which is the you know the plug the, and play, the, the plug yeah. and play thing, the Pac-Man game I, I modified. He said they're pretty good value indeed. He said contact Ianski's mate Mark as he collects them and he has loads. He modded his old Namco one to an external joystick as he wanted an eight way for Bosconian because it only only plays four way. Mm-hmm. It was basically made for modding as all the solder points are in a single line and annotated. Unfortunately, that version of Bosconian is really poor. It's, it has no speech. Even better still is the Pac-Man-shaped Jack's Portable, which has more games, includes an eight-way joystick, and Bosconian includes its speech. But sadly, it's horrible to hold because it's a Pac-Man-shaped thing, and Mm. Pac-Man is unplayable with an eight-way, which I would agree with. You need a four-way for Pac-Man. You do. And Rally X, really. Mm. Lee Beat. You got the beat. You got the beat. Oh, the man with a two-syllable name. Hi, I'm Lee Beat. Lee Beat. Jew Beat. If he was French, he'd be Le Beat. 
Yeah. Anyway, he's put, hello, me and my family are huge fans of your podcast and we love it and never miss one. We just wondered if we could get a mention on your podcast from Lee Beat and the Beat family listening from Birmingham. That is some sort of band, isn't it? Lee Beat and the Beat family. Or they really yeah. like beetroot. Yeah. You decide. Yeah. GJ Harris. I'm no fan of Rally X. In, fi- in fact, I think I've played it maybe three or four times, but I am a fan of the podcast. Thank you mm. for that. Gary James Harris, that is. I've, I've, I've shortened it to GJ. I think we should just call him GJ. GJ. Peter K. Man Sweden, you did a fantastic job as usual. Problem is that we're getting used to this high standard. We're all asses for it, but you need to know we still love you. Mmm, biscuits. Is put. I like the fact that someone from Sweden uses our slang. Mm. That's amazing. Thank you, Peter. Cine Steve, great podcast as usual, guys. Had no time to play New Rally X and quite relieved as I have so much nostalgia towards Radar Rat Race, which was mm. under Vic Twain in the Commodore 64. I didn't want to start having it through being frustrated with this game. Also, I can't believe how much early practice Sean was getting on that Berserk cocktail at Arcade Club. Oh. Hmm. Obviously, didn't think about it at the time, because I didn't know what next week's game was. I feel cheated. And then Leslie has gone on to say, oh, there's got to be points off for that. Minus 2,000 is fair in my book. Because <laughs> you were practising early, young man, and you shouldn't have been. Yeah, Plus you, a five-day ban, which in no way whatsoever reflects our gap in scores or when you record next. Honest. So your score for Berserk is to be minus 2,000 points. Is that correct? Uh, no. Yes. I'm not having it. <laughs> Tin, brother of bronze. Brother of bronze. I love your podcast very much. I am subscribed to 72 podcasts, just counted. Wow. And yours is the best for multiple reasons. Genuinely, I'm not messing there at all. Maybe I'll bore you with why one day. I eagerly await each one. And as mentioned to Sean at the Arcade Club meet, I can't wait for your next four-hour extravaganza. That's happening again, right? Maybe. Mm, Christmas could be. time. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. I've stopped playing the games because my arcade stick and main computer is in storage. I boo. promise to boo. I promise to rectify it soon. I tried Berserk and keyboard, but I'm atrocious at it, even on GP's cab. So using a keyboard was laughable. I may still submit a score for embarrassment purposes. My feedback always sucks because I have the memory of an amnesiac goldfish. Hmm. My feedback always sucks because I have the memory of an amnesiac goldfish. I see what you did there. <laughs> I might listen again, making notes. However, I do remember lolling at the two bursts of Ten Pence Orchestra this time round, <laughs> and especially as Vic audi- audibly went below even Sean's acceptable level of silliness. You actually did below. Yeah. One could argue I went above. Above silliness. Yes. yes. Finally, for now, please ensure that. The sequel to Galaxian Galagos. is referred to as Gal Lager in future. No. I think this is possibly the most important thing. Is that an alcoholic drink for girls? Gal Lager? Yeah. Could be. Thank you for that. Thank you very much. Thank Neil, you, Bronze. Neil 20 to 5, 1637. Hi, guys. I really enjoyed this podcast, as always. So here's my feedback. Firstly, I really like New Rally X. It's not a game that I could play for hours on end, but it is a game that I could happily go back to time and again. So if Victor has found a cabaret for sale that he now no longer wants, I would definitely be interested. I'll hook him up on that one. Drop me a PM. Secondly, I just wanted to say how much I like your current podcasting. I think it's really evolved for the better. Compare it to some early 10 pence cast, and the difference is very noticeable. You guys have genuine enthusiasm, and the humour, to me at least, is spot on. 
I especially love when the robot voice comes in to correct you guys. It cracks me up every time. If I could find fault, it'd be only the lack of any real biscuit reviews of late. Mr. 20 to 5. <laughs> Do you know what? I was thinking about this earlier, actually. I bought some from the supermarket the other day. I've actually worked out... You know I said that the dark chocolate hobnob was my favourite biscuit? Mm. It's not quite true. Go on. My, my favourite biscuit is the snack. Now, snack. I've, it's it's often considered a chocolate a chocolate bar. It comes in yellow and purple wrapper. It's Cadbury's, and they're called Snack. Have you ever had one? The little, sort, the little sort of inch and a half square biscuits. Oh, like, yeah. And they're yeah. in chocolate. You get like six in a bar. You get like little tiny things. And you just sort of eat, well, I eat six at a time. They're very quick. But they're my favourite mm. biscuits by far. They are awesome. Huh. So if you ever want to get round me, or you, mm. you, you know I'm going to be after you for something, just wave a snack in front of my face and everything will be forgotten about. Right. Mm. Actually, I'm, I have a bad memory of a goldfish, so I'm writing that down. Yeah, snack. Snack, snack Cadbury bar. Cadbury snack. I've written that on my pub down here, and I'll read it later on. Snack bar, what's that on about? Anyway, we have a, we have feedback from a an animal. A real horse. Edward the horse. Ed, Ed horse. horse. Super podcast, as always. Goes to my number one play. Berserk is difficult. Sad face. Not a fan of Dr. Mario type games that we were talking about. I will be skipping that one. That's because he can't get his hooves around Dr. Mario's pills. Mm. Bill Kendrick. I've heard the name Bill Kendrick before. Bill is a contributor on various Atari podcasts. That Rally X arrangement tune has a bass line that seriously reminded me of Tekken, original and maybe two music. Same sound chip? I seriously doubt it's the same sound chip because there's quite a few years difference between the technology in those. Because mm. uh, Rally X is early 80s and I think uh, Tekken was early 90s. Mm. Yeah, it could be. That's that's the arrangement music, though, isn't it? That someone's done on. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, you see, correct. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Maybe the robot will come in and tell us when they were. I'm not paid enough for this. Namco Classics Two was 1996, and Tekken was 1994. Thanks, robot. He is Jimmy. Loved the Rally X remix music. Oh, mm. and you are really spoiling us with more centipede impersonations. <laughs> do you do requests? Galaxian, perhaps. And then he's put party boob in light of this. <laughs> Booby trap. Robotech. Have the regular version 10 pence orchestra disbanded? They haven't put out any new tracks for a while, although there are rumours that at one time they were touring with the Black Dahlia Murder and maybe performing at Bloodstock, which would explain the recent black metal influence. I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> they will be back, the 10 pence orchestra. Oh, I'm sure you can't keep them away, can you? Yeah, I think they're probably in prison again at the moment. But when they're released, they'll be singing their little socks off. Oh, I'm sure they will pop, pop a sock on it. <laughs> Let's shout at a few people. Shout out. Uh, Phil Murray for stuff on Saturday, especially having... Ooh, here's a biscuit review for you. He had some fig rolls in. They're nice. <gasps> oh, I had a figgy roll for years, and they're lush. Yeah. So can, can, that was a, that was a biscuit review, if ever I heard one. Fig rolls mm. are amazing, especially dipped in coffee. Oh, really coffee nice. and fig rolls. Yeah, mm. it works really well. It's a good combination. Believe me. Congrats again to Mr. and Mrs. Vip, Ben and Kerry, and for courageously putting up with my singing at karaoke. Mm. I'm going to give a shout out to Graham Walker, who the man, the man, the legend, the human whirlwind, Graham Walker. Who in Otto's name is Graham Walker? 
I met him at Arcade Club. He's, he's one of the UK VAT members. And he was enthusiastically saying how much he loved our podcast. And he says, please, please give me a shout out. So oh, I have done. I'm going to cut all this now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'm glad I know who Graham Walker is now because I was quite confused earlier when I was reading through the notes. Graham Walker, shout out to Graham. This is a shout out to Garen, Alan, Chun, John, Shauna, John Battlezone Key, Matt Witchfinder Corn, Ali the Retro Hunter was easily the busiest person at the event. I'm the hunter! <laughs> and the listener who spotted me on the way out with his, with his video game hyped up little lad. I can't remember his name, sorry. But he said he listens to the podcast. He often plays with us on the Twitter streams of the games. So hello to him and his little lad. He was mad, the little lad. He was really enthused. He'd been at this gaming thing. He had a few toys in his pocket. It was really nice to see him so happy about it. Mm. Oh, poor old Garen. I was talking to him. He got a bargain, Naomi Cab. Recently, he, had it, um, he bought it from cash converters up in Scotland, and he had a right. courier bring it down. Got a good price, very, very good price for it. Very good, in fact. And when it was delivered, it came with no keys to the, the bottom half of it. So he's only been able to play the game that was installed in it, which is a rubbish Naomi football game. I nearly drove to his house in Cambridge that afternoon to drill the heck out of his cab locks for him. The poor mm. bloke has only been able to play one game on it. And I mm. think he's actually got some other cartridges ready to go in there and play, some of his favourites, and he can't play them because he can't get into the damn thing. So hopefully he's got... Virtuous Striker, is it? Yeah, I think so. One of them rubbishy football games. I think they're all rubbish Mm. to me. I don't like them. But um, Mm. he's a shoot-em-up fan, and he couldn't play any shmups on there. He just had to play daft football. So yeah, Mm. hopefully he's got his his locks drilled. And if you haven't, Garen, give us a shout, and I'll tell you how to do it if you need to know. Uh, also, Peter came on Sweden for giving me a £5 voucher for the online t-shirt printing company, where you get our 10 pence t-shirts from. This will be going towards a t-shirt for a special person. Mm. Also, Dean Leslie for a £10 voucher for the same company, and this is going towards a 10p t-shirt for the lucky listener who can answer the question in our competition. It's competition time! Question. What is the highest earning fruit in Dig Dug and how much is it worth? What fruit is it and how much is it worth? You, mm-hmm. We will put the correct answers in an arcane hat and draw from the winner next time. So you can tweet us, send us an email, Facebook message, tell us in the street, shout at us from a bus, whatever you like. We want to know those two things. Highest earning fruit in Dig Dug and how many points it's worth. Can I have a go? No. Is it a butternut squash? And it's worth £8.50. Oh, you've just won a T-shirt. Well done. <laughs> and the T-shirt will be in anyone's size they prefer, and we will send it to them free of charge. Lovely. It's very nice, that. Mm. I've got two shout-outs. Two shout One for the N Europe guys. Very well done on raising all that money for charity. Yeah, and brilliant. also, Mr. Charlie Farr has been on a bit of a personal quest, and he's been playing that the bejesus out of Nibbler. Nibble, 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 nibble. Yeah, that, yeah, and he's got. Would you believe now he's got twenty-seven million oh, on cripes on a bike, which is about ninety minutes gameplay, and he left it with ten lives because he's he's done it, he's conquered it. Do you think he could get the billion? Very probably, I think. Yeah, if he could if stay he awake to, that long, if he wanted to. Yeah, once you've been playing it for ninety minutes without dying and building up them lives, you're obviously. It's just an endurance thing after that. Isn't man it? is a demigod. He must be stopped. <laughs> He's too good. I'm not having yeah. it. Tech tips. 
Yes, this is one of my sections this week, and it's bezeling. Take it away, perf- Sean. Yes, it's bezeling perfect buffs. Actually, it's my section. It's buffing perfect bezels, as we oh. mentioned earlier. Oh, okay. Right. I had a particularly nasty centipede upright bezel from Phil Murray, and he asked if I could do anything with it. I wasn't too sure when looking at this badly scuffed and deeply scratched bezel. There were some quite deep scrapes filled with dirt, making them look worse, across the centre of the screen. Mm. When first looking at it, I thought, nah, they're never going to come out. And I was even contemplating milling out the centre part of the screen and making a clear perspex insert to actually glue in place of the part I was going to remove. That would be major surgery, because I'd have to clear the table of my CNC machine off at work, put the thing down, clamp it down, actually mill out a rectangle with a small cutter, like a 6 mil cutter, and then mill an external shape to go in that rectangle and actually mm. get it such a good fit, it would actually press fit in, you have to squeeze it in to get it in, and then obviously glue it in, and you would only see a very, very thin line where it's squeezed in, but that would have been major surgery. I could mm. do it, but I mean, I'd rather just polish it out. However, do you know what he? Do you know how he? What he did? He left it in a field, next to the slaughtered lamb, and that's where the werewolves have got to it. It probably was, yeah, scratching mm. around. Yeah. Or it was a series of mice with high heels on. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, go on. Let's get on with it. I yes. realised I'd have to start nastier and harsher with a wet and dry paper because that's how you do it. I started with 180 grit, which isn't woodworking sandpaper. This is wet and dry. And it's the roughest I've ever used on Perspex before. I normally start a lot higher than that, which is a finer paper. But this is the roughest one I've ever used. To my amazement, the deep scratch is buffed out really quick. And I had a good feeling about it because I thought, oh, it's pretty good. They've come out. Obviously, when you, you scratch something with, with sandpaper, which is the wet and dry, it, it goes all cloudy. Mm. But this is the method I use. And it goes a little bit like this. I'm not going to do a song. It's just bullet points. Mm. Right. Work on a large flat surface, preferably a table or a floor. Also, make sure you've got a decent light about you. I use one of these really, really bright fluorescent lights above me. I can position it about. Yeah. Sit the object you're buffing on a clean, colourful towel so you can see the scratches you're attempting to remove between the towel and the top layer. Use plenty of clean water on the workpiece and start with the roughest wet and dry paper you're going to use. You put loads and loads of water on it because the water helps remove all the, all the bits of grit you're removing. Right. Wet and dry, you see. Work in small circles. Alternate both hands in different directions, but always round and round. Wax on, wax off. Wax off. Move across the workpiece slowly as you go, moving towards or away from yourself as you cover the area you're working on. As the scratches are magically disappearing, press lighter on the paper as you're working your way across the workpiece. Clean off the work regularly with a soft, absorbent cloth and inspect your work, reworking an area if required. Move through the softer grade wet and dry paper until you move up to as fine as you can get. Remember to use loads of water and keep cleaning the area off at regular intervals. And the grit levels I use are 180, then 240, then 400, then 800, 1200, then 2,500 grit. We have actually got 6,000 grit at work, but deluxe toilet paper is harsher than that stuff. It's really, really fine. They use it for polishing these little these little probes we, we'd make at work, and they've got to be a real wow. high quality, and they're gold, these things. They make a really, really high quality buffing on them. So, yeah, 6,000 grit, which you can't, I don't think you can buy in a normal shop. You have to have them specially done. So you've gone over this 
perspex mm-hmm. six times. Yes. Wow. It's when you watch it, and the thing is, to show people, it's quite difficult to show people unless you're there in the room with them. Because when you take a picture of a piece of clear perspex with scratches in it, you can hardly see them. When you see them in per- person, you can feel you can put your nail across. And you think, oh God, that's horrible. You know, it's really bad. When you take a picture of it, it doesn't look too bad. And then when you obviously take a picture of it when it's clean and scratch-free, you can't really tell a difference. So you actually got to see mm. it in person. But when you've done all this, you're ready for polishing. So it's, it's gone over with six different types of grit, and then you've got to start polishing it. So it's quite a lengthy process, but it is worthwhile. Yeah. So I give the work a good clean-off once again and start using Novus plastic polishes, which are generally used for pinball tables. This is a three-part plan. Three being for heavy scratches, then number two for scratches, then one for light scratches. When I'm Novusing, I break out the car bodywork buffer. I use the buffing cloth for the first two grades of Novus, then go on to the final stage of the thinnest liquid polish number one, using the sheepskin softy, softy buffing pad to do the last op of it. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's got like a, a cloth, and you've got the sheepskin one, which is like very, very soft. It's the same thing yeah. you use for buffing over a car, for waxing a car. Mm-hmm. And it's really good for perspex. I go to the fastest speed set and press very lightly while covering the area in the same way as buffing the wet and dry. Make sure you hold the workpiece down so it's not sliding around because this thing vibrates quite a lot and it'll move the piece around. So what I normally do is kneel on it or just hold it down with one hand. And because if you're not careful, you might scratch the other side when it's moving around in, in circles. Right. After all this work, go once over with a normal yellow duster and remove the polished residue because it leaves a little bit of residue behind even when you're buffing it. And you'll really see the difference when you take the residue off because it'll still look a bit hazy. When you take that residue of polish off and you buff it, buff it by hand, just with a normal normal polishing cloth, it'll, you'll see real difference. It's right. amazing. I wish I could show people what I mean, but it's very, very difficult to photograph. Mm. It's hard work doing it all by hand. One day, I'll buy a random orbit sander and try that with the different grits of paper on, wet and dry, rather than doing it by hand and wearing myself out and getting all sweaty. A random orbit sander? A random orbit sander. Instead of spinning one way all the time, it goes yeah. one way and then the other. One way and then the other. So it's sort of right. going clockwise a few turns, then anti-clockwise. And what happens, it doesn't dig into the piece you're, you're sanding. Like a normal sander would dig in. If you held it on, it would dig into it. But randomly, yeah. sander goes one way or another. Rather like if you're polishing. Sort of yeah. Thing. Yeah. That's what oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they use them in woodwork a lot. But you can put different different um, grades of wet and dry on there for doing it. But when you first start buffing one of these out and you start with a really heavy grit paper, or sort of not that heavy compared to what you can get, but for perspex, you look at it and you think, oh my God, I've ruined it. I can't even see through it anymore. So it's all scratched and it's all hazy. But as you keep polishing with it, and getting mm-hmm. lighter and lighter and going lighter with your with your touch as well, and you go through the different grades, when you wipe it off and look through it, you start seeing through it and you think, oh my God, this is going to come out. And you keep at it and keep at it. And then when you polish it, it's better than the day it was born. It's brilliant. It's really amazing. It's hard work, but it is well worth it. And if you're ever going to do it, try it on a little piece first rather than your prized bezel off your arcade cab. Just try it out on a little piece first, like a tester. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Phil, tip, Phil, huh? was, Phil was very impressed when he saw it because I think he thought it was going to work, mm. which is cool. I like impressing people. It's good. So obviously the Perspex is a lot thinner when you've finished. No, you hardly take anything off of it. If you were right. to measure the scratches, which I can actually do because I've got measuring equipment at work, they're very, very fine. They're not 
that deep when you look at these ones were deeper than normal mm-hmm. but you don't take hardly anything off the perspex believe it or not because you're only doing it by hand so you're not you're not machining it off you're just sort of carefully taking the top area off mm. it's rather like laser eye surgery but not anywhere near as important <laughs> no no i'd like laser eyes that'd be great wouldn't they laser eyes you're like looking at me with your laser eyes <laughs> like the the Cyclops guy from X Men. Yes. Mm. Anyway, Sean, Sean. Yeah. X Men isn't real. Not in your world. No. No. How uh, about we stop all this guff and yeah. have some music? Musical interlude this week. We have got because we're reviewing Berserk. We have got Going Berserk from the Buckner and Garcia album. The album of marvelous arcade tunes. I've got the this CD is great. of it. The original it's CD brilliant. I've got. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Here you go. Are you going during that? I think I'm go Zike. Going for Zike. Ah, damn. Featured game review. So, Berserk. This game was designed and programmed by Alan McNeil for Stern and released in 1980. Yes, that Stern that makes all the brand new pinball tables this day. Yeah. They made video games once upon a time too. Berserk is a horizontal colour game which uses an eight way joystick and one button. Ambidextrous controls on the all styles of the cabinet. When you think your toys have circuits, an the main CPU is a Z80 and is one of five PCBs, five PCBs that make up the Berserk hardware. The board they're mounted on is about three by two and a half feet, it's massive, and it slides into a patented thin drawer on the front left hand side of the upright cabinet. I think most of these parts started off as pinball parts as well. So they weren't right. dedicated uh, video games at the time. 
That makes sense, doesn't it? Berserk was originally supposed to have been a black and white game, but when Defender came out, Stern had better thoughts and modified their hardware and software to output colour. Mm, original... It's kind of, kind of like a, an afterthought, isn't it, the colour? Yes, it was, because I think there's only about eight colours on there, isn't there? There's not many colours. Mm. Very similar colour scheme to Jungler and Pulsar. Yes, yeah. The original Bat-style joystick was a huge floppy device that was actually optical and failed on a regular basis. So much so that Stern sent out free Wico or Wico, eight-way replacement sticks. The original sticks are nasty. I have used one. Remember, you're okay. They had one on the cab there. Yes, I do I remember couldn't that. Play yeah. with it. it was like it was too long. It had too much of a throw to it. Mm. Weird playing on that. And now is a word from our imaginary sponsor. You Very nice. The game has you, the stick like figure, running around a maze, shooting Battlestar Galactica type Cylon robots and trying to get to the exit of each maze. When you do, the maze scrolls off in a direction you are headed and a new maze is drawn. You ain't never going to get out of there though, buddy. There are apparently 256 by 256 game screens, which equals 65,000 dot. Due to hardware limitations of the random number generator, only 876 unique mazes can be made. That'll do, though, I think. Mm. When you look at it, the mazes are based on a 5 by 3 grid of cubes, if you look mm, at it. Explain. I think that they, the cubes are four sides, and they randomly take bits off of, of the sides. Off the six sides of a cube? No, off the four sides of the of the square. Sorry, not a cube, a square. Remember, you are talking to a nerdy engineer. Uh, and then there must be some kind of algorithm that makes sure you can get to all the exits. And I think that's how it does it. If you look at it, it's a five by three grid. Oh, okay. So it's actually simpler than it sounds. They've made it sound a lot grander than it actually is. Mm. But yeah. there are plenty enough screens. You're never going to get out. There is no end exit to this game, is there? Now, I tell you what, for a very simple game, we have written tons of notes on this because there's just so much to it for such a simple game. That's because it's amazing. It is. Mm, that's easy enough, isn't it? Not going to mm. argue on that one. Mm. So this game starts off with daft yellow robots. Mm. Not, not yellow robots, yellow. Yellow. And from now on, I'm going to call them Roberts. Yellow Roberts. Yellow Roberts. They don't even bother firing at you on the first level, but be careful. You'll die if you collide with them, or the walls, or anything, really. So the idea is to get all the Roberts to get a bonus, which is decided by how many Roberts in the room to start with. If you take too long, Otto will come out, he's their boss, and slowly bounce towards you. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my robots. And you will know my name is Otto when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Cripes, that bouncing face means business. <laughs> yeah. Contact with him 
will kill you, and he is invincible to your pew-pews. And he travels directly at you in a straight line through the wall, so there's no dodging round walls for him. The appearance of Otto is directly related to how many robots start in the room. So if you enter a room with only three robots, Otto will appear very quickly. Yeah, so if you've got only a few robots in there, get towards your exit and kill as many robots as you can quickly, because he'll be behind you. Mm, yeah. The thing is with, with Otto is when he does chase you, he always comes for you. He doesn't stop, he doesn't deviate, he always goes for you. So if you keep running... And on this particular version of the game, you Otto goes exactly the same speed as you at his fastest. Yeah. So if you don't run away from him and stop or go up or down, and you're not going diagonal or away from him, he will get you. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. He's basically a Mr. Hurry Up, just to make you go out of the screen as quickly as possible. Yep. After the first level, when the, the robots stop, don't fire at you, they will start firing at you. A lot. Up to five of their bullets can be on screen at one time, and only two of yours can, though, so make them count. The robots are also killed by anything, too, because they're as thick as pig poo. Walls, each other, bullets, and even collisions with Otto can send them to robot hell. Do you know what? I I think this is the first game where the baddies can kill each other. Yeah, it's clever, isn't it? Yeah, because oh, people works. always think that Doom, you know, when Doom came out, and all oh, you've got to do, you fire a fireball into a room and leg it out of the room, and all the imps will kill each other. That's brilliant, that game design, which it was. Yeah, it was, But yeah. I, I think Berserk did it, like, 13 years You can basically start before. fights. Hey, yeah. he called you an idiot. Uh, he called you an idiot. <laughs> yes, it's good, though. Yeah. As you play, the speech kicks in, and the Roby, the Robies taunt you with a combination of words and make up fun insults. Coin detected in pocket during attack mode, specifically while showing the high score list. Intruder alert, intruder alert, spoken when evil Otto appears. The humanoid must not escape, or the intruder must not escape. Heard when the player escapes a room after destroying every robot. Chicken, fight like a robot. Heard when the player escapes a room without destroying every robot. So it tries to get you to kill them all. Mm. Got the humanoid, got the intruder. Which I always thought they were laughing at you. I thought we were saying ha-ha it's actually got you that's when you you lose a life so it even trolls you when you lose a life Mm. so the got the intruders played in a minor third higher than the got the humanoids it's slightly different accents on it as well it sounds like they're saying charge him as well have you heard that Mm. one what for i think it's charge it oh what for parking fees i don't know what they're charging me for Use of their maze. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, it's a maze fee, isn't it? Charged by the hour. So you can get 11 robots maximum on the screen. 11 of them. And that's quite a lot of robots. That's a crowd of robots. It is. Which would give you a 110-point bonus when you kill them all. You get 10 points per robot for a bonus. How generous. I think you only get... Is it 50 points for a robot? Each robot you yeah, kill? Yeah, 50 points for a robot. So if you get 11 robots, that's 550. Yeah. Plus your 110... 660. Bonus. 660 is the most points you yeah, can get on the screen. screen. Really yeah. low scoring, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. So you can tell me, sir, the tip and secret meister of this game. Play tips and secrets. Tons, mm. tons. First off, I'm going to explain the box pattern, which we did not allow on our high score challenge. No, because apparently you can get used to that. Yeah, what you do, if you start from the left side of the screen, you exit right. Mm-hmm into the next maze you exit up from that maze yeah 
and you exit left from that maze mm-hmm. and exit down from that maze, like you've gone round in a square. Yeah, you end up in the first one again, don't you? You end up in the first one, and it's the same maze. Yeah, it's the same. So you can actually get used to the pattern of those four screens and where the robots start each one. Because as we'll talk later on, the first few seconds of every screen is essential. Yep. So. Or also get- say on here, try not mm. to escape by going out the bottom as the enemy will be able to shoot your legs and your shots will be above them. Because when you shoot, you're, you shoot higher than your center. Mm. So don't go down if you can help it. Always go up if you have to, or I always go to the right. I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get used to a route you are happy with. Most players I know travel from the left exit to the right, which I do. Mm-hmm. It seems easier than entering a route from the top or bottom, as we've said. I also find it easier to travel down into the maze, to run down, and then to run back up towards the right exit. Yeah, you, it's, it's good to run in diagonals on this game, I think. Robots bump into each other where possible. You can do this by doubling back on your movement. So you run along, two robots sort of crowd together, and then you run left again, and they the front robot tries to turn left and crashes into the robot behind him and explodes. I call this the robot dance. You can do a little dance to make them do things you want them to do. Mm. Steer Otto to steamroller over robots because he comes at you in a direct line. If you sort of line yourself up with a robot that you haven't been able to kill, he will just run over that robot, giving you the maximum points. What I tend to do is when there's one left sort of in the middle and I can't be bothered to go and get him, I just hang around by the right-hand exit in the middle, and he'll mm. stay there just shooting at a wall because they don't know what walls are. And when Otto comes out, it just steamroller over him. But also, there is some levels where you get a maze, which is actually a box, and there's a robot in the box, and you cannot get to him because the walls mm. kill you as well. And the only way yeah. of killing him is let Otto do it because Otto jumps over the walls, Yeah, which is quite, quite a fun way of... It's like a tactic more than anything. It's just, oh, we'll leave them for Otto. Or make mm, them run it's... into each other. They even shoot each other, the robots. They're so stupid. They even shoot each other because they always track in your position. And if there's a robot in front of them, they won't let that robot shoot you and hang back. They'll shoot as well and kill each mm. other. And then it, the explosions can kill each other if they're too close together as well. It's another Idiots. clever little yeah, clever little aspect of the gameplay. Mm. Full of little bits. Robert's bullets cancel out your bullets and they shoot from their hands. So aim for above or below their waist. I've also found out on this game, you can shoot up and down, left and right, and also diagonally, and they can mm. too. And diagonal, mm. hitting something with a diagonal is quite an art. It's quite If mm. you get used to that, you can play a lot better, I've noticed. Mm. But also, if you're shooting upwards and they shoot a diagonal bullet at you, that will cancel your bullet out and vice versa as well. Mm. So it's not just horizontal and vertical bullets and diagonal bullets cancel each other. They cancel all of them out. So if yep. any bullet hits a bullet, it will cancel it out and you won't get killed. Mm. The final robber in a maze often speeds up and you can notice his eyes spinning faster. So you know he's going to be a quick one. And he charges you and blocks your bullets with his bullets. He mirrors your moves, but there is a technique where you can shoot at, shoot at him and then move. Well, you try, try and shoot in front of him or below or above him and then yeah, move. And make him walk and, into it. And he'll walk into it. Yeah, because he's an and idiot. You, there's also... There's also ways of getting them diagonally as well if they come right close to you, but it's a bit tricky. Yeah, you don't want them to get them too close to you because getting them close to you, they will get you, especially on the faster level later on. And you can make them run into walls as well. Yeah, dopes. Mm. Mm -hmm. Don't get caught in the explosions. No. 
you can run into them by accident after a bot is destroyed. My strategy for trying to survive the first two seconds when yep. the bullets are speeding up, when you get over 7,000, yeah. at some point, the white robots will appear, and that's the fast bullets. Do you know what? They're white supremacist, horrible robots. Are they? Yeah. Ugh, kill them quick. Horrible things. So I move forward and try and get near a wall to avoid the diagonal bullets. Hopefully, they, the diagonal bullets will sail behind you, and you can pick them off assuming nothing is directly in front of you if you have open space in front of you and not a wall i fire first yeah. hoping to hit something it's worth a try in it i do the shoot first ask questions later thing too mm. if you last the first say three seconds of a level you'll usually be okay for that screen it's the yeah. very start especially when on the fast bullets level you've got to quickly ascertain what to shoot and what to get out of the way of quickly especially mm. diagonal bullets because they are a killer yeah it is a, a- almost i played best when i was a bit more relaxed and i i could kind of i wasn't tensed up going into a level do you know what yeah, i mean the, the first few seconds is you got to sort of quickly scan very this is in the microseconds with your eyes and then move and shoot very mm. quickly if you mess that up it's going to be a hard level but if you mm. get rid of the first few robots that are very close to you and, and firing at you you can usually do no problem even on the, mm. even on the fast one later on it's much easier to shoot robots from the left and right. When you get them from below and above, they are thinner and a harder target to hit. Also, it's easy to get caught up in a firefight. Fire. Firefight. Cancelling out each other's shots, but beware of this as they keep travelling towards you and speed up if they're the last of the dopey robots. But you can stop them coming towards you by moving behind a wall because they'll mm. move behind the wall as well and sometimes even walk into the walls. So that's stupid. Stupid. There is tactics. You can control the robots really easily they will mm. mirror your movements if you go right he'll go right and if there's mm. if there's no gap between you and him he'll come down to you or across to you in the direct line so the best thing to do is hide behind a wall jump up above the parapet shoot him quick and get down again and this is mm. it's quite good doing it but when you learn the hang of this it's pretty good and you, it's really satisfying when you can sort of pick off and even make them walk into each other and you know exactly which one you're going to kill next and wait for this one and let otto get that one it's quite good Mm. I've link into the no shows for an awesome gameplay video of Berserk. Someone getting about forty thousand. That's a good score. That's a very yeah. good score. And they they were using the the fire first and move you know immediately once you're in a room and the, yeah they're just very it's very good video. John Studley does this. He always does a diagonal fire quickly when he plays. I've seen him play before. So this version we're playing is the fast bullets version. Yes. And there is a slow bullets version. Could you please explain to our lovely listeners what the differences are? I think the slow bullets version was the first version they released, but I'm not sure. I think it is. Mm-hmm. And because it is definitely easier, and I think they've released a fast bullets one to make it harder. Yeah. In slow bullets, the bullet speed doesn't increase around 7,000 as it does in fast bullets, but crazy auto speed increases at around 5,000. Yeah. So he's running faster than you at this point. So you've mm-hmm. got to be over half a screen away from him to have a chance of getting towards the exit. Because he will catch up with you. He's really fast. Mm. Otto only speeds up when all robots are destroyed. So a tactic on slow bullets is to leave one robot alive mm-hmm. while you get near to an exit and then destroy the robot or get Otto to destroy him and just go out slide out the door. It's a different tactic to fast bullets, where if you keep moving in one direction, you stay ahead of Otto at his fastest. The bullets are also a bit longer in slow bullets, which I think Ian Cullen noticed and I haven't noticed. I did notice, yeah. yeah, they're lo- Especially when you fire diagonally, 
They yeah. look longer anyway. They're a lot longer in that, in that mm. version. But I was, I was watching a video of someone playing Slow Bullets. Obviously, Slow Bullets, Fast Otto. And what they were doing, as soon as they, they started the level, they were going for the exit. Mm. They weren't necessarily killing all robots and hanging around. They were just going straight away because when Otto comes out, if you aren't far enough away from him, he will get you. Mm. you. You will not get away. He will get you. So they were getting going almost straight away. Yeah. And then, yeah, sometimes just leaving the robots and getting out of there, yeah. Mm. So, graphics and sound. The graphics are basic, but somehow perfect. Yes. Yeah. Minimalistic. The sound is fantastic. The nice bullets and explosion sounds. And memorable speech. And I think the key to the speech, stop it being boring, is it pitches up and pitches down, doesn't it? Yes. They do different versions of their sayings, or their phrases. Yeah. They also piece together different words to make different sayings. Yeah. So I actually, I've, I've taken the, the audio out of Maine before and listened to the different samples. It's just like kill, robot, humanoid, destroy, and they put different mm. things together to make different sentences, which is really clever. Because there's a thing about, the, about the, the speech we'll talk about a little bit later on, about how much it costs to make the speech, and that's mm. why they did it. Yes, so I, I love the graphics and sound on this. Very basic, even with a little colour clash that you get. This, this minimum, what is there, maybe six or eight colours maximum. Yeah. When you have a level, you've got blue walls, rather like Pac-Man. Your little guy's green, unless you're playing two-player, and the second player would be magenta in colour, a pinky magenta colour. And the robots are all one colour, so one time they'll be yellow, right? And all the robots are yellow, so your fire is always, I think, the same colour as them, or green, I can't remember. But then when Otto comes out, he's always the same colour as the robots on that level. So the next level will be blue, and he'll be blue, etc. So there's not many colours on the yeah. screen. And your guy is a little stick guy, and he's got, like, two frames of animation. So mm. it does actually look pretty good how he's running. And he, he points in funny ways when he's shooting with his gun as well. It doesn't look yeah. natural, but, I mean, it's just brilliant. It's just so simple. And there's no music in the game whatsoever. There's no music. It's just sound mm. effects and speech. But it's enough to get your adrenaline going to play and excite you when you're playing it. Mm. Is this one of the only games that has colour clash? Like the ZX Spectrum has, I think so. Yeah, because it was a almost like an overlay that they've put on on yeah, you know a, a software a, overlay. Yeah, because I think Frenzy does it as well. But when you move your character into something of, the, of another color, you change the color of the other thing. Like you've got an aura around your character, like say an eight eight block grid around your character. So when you go mm. near something, it'll actually light that color up the same color as you in squares. If you've ever played mm. a ZX Spectrum, you'll know exactly what I mean by Colour Clash. Mm. I really like the laser sounds. They're amazing. Yeah. The speech is excellent and suits the game perfectly. Like Just the mm. evil robots taunting you all the time. And the it's game great. randomly says when it's in, in a track mode... I think mm. that's brilliant. Try and entice a young Victor or Sean to part with a hard-earned 10Ps. Yeah. I love that little touch. It's really clever. I don't think any other game does that. Shouts at you when you're walking past sort of thing. Because when I was a kid, I often thought there was some sort of sensor in it. So as you walk past it, go, coin detected in pocket. You're like, what? How does it not got coins? I haven't got any pocket money. Leave me alone. So let's yeah, get on think- to the scoring. Well, it's not a bad Berserker score. Yeah, it's definitely going to make the Wall of Fame. Scoring right here we go. Mini missile number two. These are the children we're talking about. The minis. Yeah, that's uh, Rob player missiles. Children one hundred. 
Because he just ran into it. He likes running into walls. He just likes the walls. Yeah. Why not? Mini missile number one, 880. Well, the reason the kids got such low scores, because actually good players, these, these little kids, one of them wasn't too keen on it and preferred to play Moon Patrol instead. So yeah. he was just playing Moon Patrol. But why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't you want to play with a pink six-wheel whip on the moon? Mm. 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 And Dad, Rob yeah. playing missiles, got 1,400. Okay. Mr. Giggity, he's got 1550. Andrew Driver, 1960. Stacey King, 2940. Edward the Horse, 3060. Madsteed.com, 3300. Vip, 3360. Mark the Happy Dude, 3999. Oh, yeah, I've put that because he's, he's he put uh, just under 4000, so I don't know his exact okay. score. Gary Ferguson, 4770. Troll Nads. So, what do you think, before we go on to the, the higher scores? What would be a good score for our listeners? 5,000 plus is a good score? On I think bullets? anything over, what, over say, 8,000. So you've, you've survived a couple of the fast bullet levels. Yeah, because fast bullets start on about 7,300 points, something like that. Yeah, it varies. It does vary. If, you, if, you get, if you're on a screen and you get 7,000 and a bit more, the next screen will have the white bullets, the white robots mm. and the white bullets and the fast bullets so yeah. anything after that level of 7000 you will be getting fast bullets and they don't slow down they go quickly really mm-hmm. quickly so we're getting into the good scores then now yeah. troll nads as he's now known oh beat him 10, easily nice 10450 yes lesley 10800 just get me ping already <laughs> tagster 11680 mm-hmm. ian collin 11, 8, 20. These are getting good, good scores. Now. Getting good scores. Chris, Mooncrested Bootleg, 12, 9, 10. Yeah. Not Tronads. Who is not Tronads? I banned them. I got a new player called Not Tronads. I think you banned Tronads, and then this other player comes up called Not Tronads. Who is Not Tronads? Do you know him? Report him. Might be Tronads. 13, 550, which uh, is a what, good, do you know good what? score. I beat Not Tronads as well. Ha, ha, ha. Right, I don't know if I'm second or third because I don't know what you got. I got fourteen thousand three hundred ninety. What did you get, Vic? <laughs> fourteen thousand. Yeah. Six hundred and sixty. Oh yeah. In your face. That's a great score. Thank you. So you win. Curse Charlie Fire on his own track. Charlie Farr's on his own track, and he's got 18,050. Yeah, but that's just Charlie. In first place and in last place on the Charlie Farr track, Charlie Farr. 18,050. He's only had a few goes because he was playing Nibbler. Do you know what? That is quite an astonishing score because I, you and me were very close together, mm. and that is quite a few screens or levels of the fast bullets. Yeah. And Charlie Farr has got, say, 3,000 points more than us. That's about six screens more than we did. Yeah. Because you get about 500 points per screen, uh, mm-hmm. the best. Another six screens. That's really hard. That is really good. Really good scores. So, well done, everyone who played. Thanks for playing. And yeah, thanks was... for me for being awesome and winning. Hey! <laughs> I'm, I'm reveling in this because I really like Berserk. I really like Berserk. I was speaking to John Studley last week, and mm-hmm. Berserk is the game he played before he got into Pac-Man. Yes. And I said to him, what is a decent... What did you used to get back in the day, John, on Berserk Fast Bullets? And he could get about 20,000. Yeah, that's a good score. So, so, the slow bullets, I'm sure the world record, the Fast Bullets, is a, is a, slow, a lower score than the, the 
slow bullets because Otto is a lot faster and the game seems harder when he can catch up with you. Mm. But the fast bullets, as soon as you, when you survive those first few seconds, you can usually do the level quite easily. It's not, you don't often get killed that badly. It's at the start of the level, which is the mm. problem. I've seen Charlie Farr get 85,000 on slow bullets. Oh, so not, not that for him at all. He's obviously really good at that. Mm. Wow. So the cabinet art of this game, the cabinets mm. are great. There's three different types. So the awesome black cabinet and stenciled painted red and blue evil-looking robots on the side is the original stand-up one, the upright. And it's got a nice comic book kind of artwork around the screen bezel, which is really good, really tense, sort of like 50s type of sort of uh, cartoony type things. Mm. And the control panel is a polished stainless steel with a colourful overlay in the centre of it, leaving the sides exposed. It looks really classy. Mm. There is a cocktail machine which looks pretty nifty too, with nice logos underneath the glass and sort of like a polished sort of silver colour. I was actually offered one to borrow once, but I didn't borrow it. I should have done, really. It's a really nice little machine. And also, the best cab of them all is a -a one-of-a-kind cabaret, which was made in Australia by LAI. It's beautiful, and I have thought about making a repro of that at least 100 times. I'd love to have a cabaret berserk, because I think I'd play it quite often, because I've been playing berserk a heck of a lot, just like you did. A heck of a lot. So there's quite a bit of trivia about this game, actually. It's quite a sort of... uh, Interesting folklore to it, and some truth as well. Mm. A one, well, the first thing is quite obvious. A one-player game is played with a green protagonist. Your little guy's green. If you're playing with a friend on player two, which is an alternating game, you don't play at the same time. They are magenta and start on the opposite side of the screen. You always start on the left. Player two starts on the right hand side of the screen because I don't know why. Mm. But thirty-seven and a half thousand upright cabinets were made, and twelve hundred approximately, were made for the cocktail cabinets. And this was mm-hmm. Stern's first big hit in video games in the arcade. Yep. Each word of speech cost the game... Each Sorry, each word of speech in the game cost $1,000 to develop, hence the robots using the same words. I, I think this is actually true. I don't think it's an urban legend. I think it is as well, yeah, because it was very, very expensive technology back then. Very expensive. I think the cost comes where they were compressing the words down. The compression cost a lot to, ah. to fit them onto the chips, you know. Yeah, because the chips on those old arcade games were, well, in 1980, for a maximum of 4 or 8K. Mm. That's tiny. You, you imagine fitting audio on something that small nowadays. You just wouldn't do mm. it, would you? It'd be impossible. No, no. And is this one of the first games to save high scores? It's a very early one. I think Defender and some of the Williams games, which are roughly the same era, did as well. And they used battery yeah. backups. They used three AA batteries, I believe. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, definitely one of the first ones. Oh. And also, when I play on my MAME, it boots up with exactly the same maze. Mine when doesn't. I, I think it does sometimes. But when you turn it off and back on again, it's different ones. I'm sure. I don't recognise well, them, but I don't really look, to be honest with you. I just play it. I don't yeah. think, oh, this is the same as the one I did a minute ago. I just I just go for it. I started recognising the mazes. So what I did, I died a few times or went out with a, a different exit and then the mazes change. Yeah, it must be generated somehow, I don't know. But yes. nothing's ever really random, is it? I think it's a random number that MAME resets to the same number every time you reboot the programme, you know. Yeah, yeah possibly. Because mm. MAME's mm. only an emulation, it's not perfect. Uh, it's not bad on this, it's not far off, is pretty it? Pretty good. 
So two people in America are reported of dying after playing Berserk, and as coincidence has it, one of the scores set by one of the unfortunate players had a number 666 in it. Yeah. So like 6,660 or whatever. But I think one of the people playing it had a heart condition anyway. I think it's pure coincidence. But it's a great, if ghoulish, story to make you think the game is pure evil. Yeah, it's that, it's that evil Otto. Mm. You can also get safely shotted in the neck on this yes. game. A bullet will pass straight through your neck gap and not kill you because your little head isn't attached on your character. No. And if you get a bullet through there, I've had a few fast bullets go through there. It does not give you a, the willies when you do that. <gasps> oh, I'm still alive. Brilliant. <laughs> through the neck. Mm. Intruso alerta. Intruso alerta. Berserk has versions for different languages. That was Spanish, apparently. What's the German one? The um, Bolton. I don't know. I'm not sure. I've not played no. it. But you, you played some of the foreign versions, didn't you? The foreign language versions? <laughs> yeah, just to see what they were. It kind of puts you off with a different speech. Because yeah. it's a different ROM version, not just a dip switch, isn't it? It's a different ROM mm-hmm. version altogether. Yes. Quite and fun, th- though. Thanks to Trollnads, he sent us a link, which is the story behind the speech chip. Excellent. I'll put that in the, in the show notes. Yeah. So the ports and sequels on this game, obviously Frenzy. If you've played Berserk and you know a little bit of arcade games, you've probably played Frenzy, which is a very similar game. And all you need to do on an original hardware is replace the ZPU-1000 with the ZPU-1001, which I think is one of the processors, and the game ROMs, and away you go. That's it done. So a lot of uh, Berserk cabs were converted to Frenzy later on. It's reported that only 500 official Berserk upgrade kits were made, though, but over 11,000 upright Frenzy cabs, because it's a different colour, and over 800 cocktail units were made, but no cabaret for Frenzy. There is a lot of differences with Frenzy, and it is, it is a good game. I wouldn't have said it's as good as this. I, I shoot... think the simplicity makes a better game. On this yeah, one. you can shoot the maze, you can actually shoot Otto, you can kill Otto in Frenzy. Only a few times, yeah. And also, you can you can bump into the robots and they won't kill you. Yeah, and you can bounce bullets off of walls, like and, ricochet and you can, them. Yeah, you can, actually, you can actually break through walls with your fire and walk through the wall you've broken through. So it's quite a different game, really, but I'm not into Frenzy as much. It seems a lot more going on, and it's not as simple, which makes it a little mm. bit more convoluted to me. Yeah. Right, the J-Rock. If anyone's into arcade machines, I know who J-Rock is. He makes... Hardware reproductions and stuff. And some very clever bits and bobs for arcade machines. And I've put here, he's the ace arcade hardware god. Because he's done some really cool things. And mm-hmm. he produces something called the BZF board. All in Berserk Frenzy board. This is a tiny 5-inch square PCB that uses a real Z80 processor and an FPGA to re- reproduce the original hardware. And plays both versions of Berserk and also Frenzy. So if you've got an original Berserk machine, I'm... Very doubtful the original boards will work because they break down for a pastime. There's so many boards in there, and inter- interconnect cables are terrible, and the thing runs on a, an old linear power supply, and it's just it's not very good hardware. I mean, it wasn't built to last. Mm. This thing is what you need for your cabinet if you don't want to keep replacing those parts or getting it fixed all the time. The hardware is identical to the original. We're not talking emulation here. We're talking identical. So much so that one million opcodes of this game were captured by the J-Rock and original hardware side by side, and the results were exactly the same. One million operations, exactly the same. That's pretty good for me. (laughs) And you know what? If I And I am seriously thinking about doing it, because I'm going to be making a new cab soon. I'm going to actually scratch build another cabinet. 
Yeah. And it's going to be a cabaret-style machine because they fit in my garage better. I have more room if I've got cabarets rather than the uprights because they're deeper and and the, the cabarets are thinner. So I'm thinking about doing a Berserk. And if I do, I will definitely buy a J-Rock board to go in it. Because it mm. is better than emulation. It's brilliant. Because I noticed on some of the emulation, the scrolling isn't very good when it scrolls the screens. Mm. We spoke about yeah. it earlier on messaging, weren't, didn't we? Yeah. So I would like a J-Rock board. They're quite pricey, but it's, it's nigh on the same as original hardware. And I like yeah. that idea. And I think you can run it on... It's a jammer board, so it runs on a normal jammer power supply and a normal jammer cabinet. And you can also play it on VGA. You've got loads of different settings for it. It saves all the high scores, etc., etc. It's a really good little board. I mm. would like to get a J-Rock board. I really would. And then when I come to see you, I can bring it with me and stuff like that. Because it's so yeah. small. It's not like, a, it's not like a, a wardrobe full of PCBs. It's just one little tiny board. Yeah, there's one in RGP's cab, J-Rock. Yeah, that's the cab. Uh, Alex and I did up and sold to him. Ah. I used to own that cab at one point, or me and Alex did, or Alex first, then me. And uh, yeah, I, I sold it to him with with Mame in there, uh, and I advised him to get a J Rock, and he did. It's really, really good. It's a lovely machine mm. as well. I wish I kept hold of it, but it was it's a big old machine. Yeah, well, it didn't yeah. really fit my purposes at the time. It's great. So the Atari Twenty Six Hundred got a version, and also the Vectrex, and both are excellent home versions. They're really mm. close, really close. Well, the Vectrex version is a tad easy. It's a lot easier than yeah. that, was it? The Atari 5200 also got a version with speech and was ported to the Atari 8-bit computers later on unofficially. But Seamus on the Atari 800 and 6 C64 always reminded me of Berserk. That's why I liked it so much. I like Seamus. I you, played it a lot. You were a Seamus fan as well, weren't you? Yeah. So what are your overall thoughts and improvements that could be made to this game? Right. Go on, oh. son. I've written in nice red writing. This game is perfection. I wouldn't change a single thing. Yes. I can only think of things I'd like in a new sequel, but let's leave this Berserk as it is because it's perfection. Before you do that, let me just give Berserk one of these. Yes. We have a fantasy cab list, which is on the website, which is our 10 fantasy cabs. If we had millions of pounds and, and we'd have 10 pristine cabs. Berserk has always been on my fantasy cab list. Is it on mine still? I haven't looked on mine for a while, but I think it would be because I'm a big fan of Berserk and I always mm. will be. Graphics and sound are perfect, even the colour clash. I like the that. Score, the scoring is beautifully simple to grasp and keeps you trying to get all the robots in every maze instead of rushing through them. Yeah. I think the difficulty curve ramps a bit too quickly. Mm. The robots are positioned far too near to you after you've died, especially on the fast bullets, when you get the fast bullet robots. When you die on a level and you come back again, the robots seem to be closer to you. So I think the best thing to do is just right. get out of that level and start again on a new level. But it'd be nice to be able to take one bullet maybe in the first three seconds or so. So you're invincible. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a little halo around you, like a little shield. And as soon as that one bullet hits you in the first three seconds, it's gone and then you're vulnerable again. That'd be a good idea, I think, just on the fast bullet levels. Yeah, I think the general opinion, especially on Twitter, like from people like Charlie Farr, was... They preferred the slow bullets because it's a fairer game. Yeah. But I, I think they both, I think they're both brilliant. Both versions, different. They're quite. They're, you have to play them quite differently. But definitely, yeah, it's exactly mm. the same game, but different rule sets. Mm. Same graphics, same sound, same process, same hardware, but it's just mixed up a little bit, but enough to make it very different. So if you were playing the game, 
the first 5,000 points, you wouldn't spot a difference at all. There's no difference. When mm-hmm. that 5,000 hits and you're playing slow bullets, that's when auto speeds up. And when you get to yep. 7,000 odd points, that's when fast bullets kicks in. And you will mm-hmm. certainly notice a difference when you get that far. But if you don't get up to 5,000 or so, you would never know the difference. It's very exactly the same game. Mm-hmm. So if I had to do a Berserk, if I had to do thoughts and improvements, sorry, if I had to do improvements on Berserk, mm-hmm. I, would, I would leave Berserk as it is and make Berserk 1.5. Yeah. Higher scoring, higher scoring, maybe like 1,000 a level. Yeah. But a bonus rounds every four levels. I don't know what I'd do with that, but some kind of bonus round. Different robots sprites every so often yes definitely smoother maze scroll in between levels and better animation on the humanoid i'd put in yeah i agree with that i'll go with that but maybe in the bonus round you could get rid of all the walls and have an arena death match with the robots oh yeah that would almost be robotron really wouldn't it yeah wizard of war does that you know Hmm? wizard of war does that did you know that no i didn't what it removes all the walls at one point you get so far into the dungeons, I think it's like 12, I think, and there's no walls. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's really, really, it's really hard to survive. That's another game I'd like to have. I like the cabaret version of Wizard of War. It's great. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Also, reckon some power-ups might be quite nice on the game. Mm. And maybe maybe a different robot. So if you shoot a different coloured robot, maybe, and then maybe pick up something he leaves behind, you'll get like a scatter gun. Or maybe you're allowed three or four bullets on screen at once, so almost like a machine gun type thing for a limited amount of time. Yeah. Little bits you could sort of play with, I think, to make the game a bit more fun. Mm. Mm. And how about some interval animations like Pac-Man? Maybe where the stickman nips into the toilets? Or, <laughs> or a bunch of robots just hanging around chatting, and when Otto comes on the screen, they all disperse shouting, kill the humanoid, kill, kill intruder. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, look busy, Otto's coming. Yeah, a cigarette break. Yeah. Can we direct you to the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast from last year? He did he did a Berserk review. He did an excellent Berserk review. Yeah, this it's he really goes into detail on them and they're only like twenty five minutes long, these podcasts, but they're brilliant. <laughs> they're really good. So much research goes into his podcasts. Check that out, kids. Right, here's a question for you. Yes. Does this game suffer from the ten pence effect or reverse ten pence effect? Well, the ten pence effect is if you play an old favourite too long, and you get bored of it and end up hating it. Yes. Well, it's the reverse for me. Yay! I still love it. So do I. Absolutely. It, I, I thought when I first started playing it, I thought oh, I'm getting bored of this, but then something clicked, and I got well into it again, and my scores started going up and up. Do you know? True story with me. I was playing it to start with and I was getting three or four thousand points and I couldn't progress and the maim on there one time I rage quit I hit the two buttons together to get our maim one and two together and mm. I thought right I'll play it again I played it again and it wouldn't start up on that version of maim I was using on my, on my Naomi I was like well it's not working and slow bullets would work fine and it's just it kept you know it beeps at the start when it's black screen it sort of does a little check and it comes yeah. up. it wouldn't come up so I went into my MAME settings, looked at it, and realised that my MAME on there wasn't using Groovy MAME. Because I, I use a front-end called Marla, and it, it, it asks you to direct where MAME is. And it was going to the wrong version of MAME, because I've got two versions of MAME on there where I upgraded with Groovy MAME. So I pointed it to Groovy MAME, and it had all the, the, you know, the sort of effects on it, like the, the scanline effects and, the, and the, the, the mask on there and stuff. And yeah. it looked a lot better. And I started playing it, and I got better, and I got got really into it and at one point or even now 
I can get to 5,000 without losing any lives. So you end up with three lives. And when you see those three little men, the little stick figures on your screen, and you haven't lost a life up to five, it gives you a really good feeling. And Mm. I got within 50 points of having four on there. So I got to 10,000 a few times, only losing one life. I've I've done it. I've Have got you to done 10, it? You've got the four little stick figures on there. The fourth guy is a different colour. He's darker, isn't he? That's cultural diversity straight there for you. How brilliant is that? <laughs> so I love this game as much as I did when I was eight years old when I started playing it. And yep. if I'd had the console version of this as a kid, I I never would have gone out the door. I'd have stayed mm. in playing it all the time. I when I was a kid I didn't know it was released on the twenty six hundred. But if I'd known oh, someone who'd had it, they would have been my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I played it a bit when I was younger, but I got back into it at NERG 2014, where me and John Studley was playing a game of doubles. Oh, and at that? that, yeah, at the time I couldn't couldn't play it hardly at all. But I, I think by the time NERG was over, I was getting like seven-ish thousand. Yeah, I was, I was there get- playing as well. It was good fun, wasn't it? We sort of bought mm. loads of doubles games. So I got well into it then, and I've left it for well over a year, and I've got back into it yet again, so it's one of my all-time favourites, without a doubt. Definitely. Cabs you never knew existed. This is also Berserk-related. This is the Berserk Cabaret we spoke about earlier. Yeah. This is believed to be a -a one-of-a-kind cabinet. It was made in Australia by Leisure and Allied Industries, LAI, which we've heard of before. There are logos of LAI and the outline of Australia on parts of the machine. This machine is remarkable because the side art is that of the comic book style, like the upright screen bezel, rather than the simple blue and red cyborgs on the side of a textured black cabinet. Mm. The bezel has a decent comic book style artwork around it too. The top of the bezel also doubles up as the marquee, which is common on cabarets. This machine also has the stupid floppy optical stick, and I think it ruins its beautiful looks. It looks too big. It was imported Mm. from Australia by the crazy Todd Tucky of TNT Amusements and bought by someone called Habbo, Check out Habbo's Berserk and Frenzy webpages, which are in the show notes. The Berserk page has lots of nice photos of the Berserk Cabaret machine. I have thought about making a cabaret like this a hundred times. <laughs> and I am seriously thinking about it now after playing this game. So, maybe. Yeah. Oh! Hardware Heroes. This one is the Namco System 22 hardware. And it bought us the Ridge Racer series. I was looking at Ridge Racer at Arcade Club the other day, and I thought, it still looks great. It still looks really good. So I looked into the hardware, and it's Namco System 22. Oh, okay. And it's a Motorola 68,000 generation chip, which runs at 24 megahertz. That's a fast 16-bit processor, that, 24, isn't it? That's really fast. Yeah. There's two sound CPUs. There's DSP sound... Colours, 16.7 million. Didn't know there was that many colours. That's quite a lot of colours. Yeah, more than so, Berserk. More than Berserk. A lot more than Berserk. I wonder if Spectrum had more colours than Berserk. No, probably. <laughs> anyway, this system was only used for three years, between 1993 and 96. And as I said, it was used for Ridge Racer, Ridge Racer 2 and Rave Racer. Oh, yeah. Rave Racer is a really ravey, ravey-davey, colourful version, isn't it? Flashing yeah. lights and rave music. That's really good as well. I like that. It's a good game, yeah. I like that one. But it was also used on some other sort of 3D driving games. Ace Driver, Ace Driver Victory Lap, Cyber Commando, which is more of a shooter, but it's still a 3D thing where you're in like an arena and you shoot another robots. Mm -hmm. 
and possibly one called Sim Drive. There's not much known about that game. So basically, this hardware is more for drivers. So it's sort of the 3D engine, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, good system of those games on. Brilliant. Yeah, but I think people say that like some of the old polygons, like on the Nintendo 64 and the PS1, have aged badly. But on this hardware, I still think they look the bit, you know. Yeah, still they think they look really good. good. Yeah. yeah. So that is, kids, the Namco System 22. Right, there's only one thing left to do before we toddle off and watch Attenborough. Yeah. <laughs> Next show's game. This is my pick, and this is an easy one. Scramble. Yes. Oh! I've been playing Scramble in my little Subelectro Isis cabinet with a, f- a proper hardware, proper PCB, and I love it. I'm getting nearly very close to three loops through it now. Well, you, you're going to have to knock 2,000 off your score. 10,000 off I'm going to start again. All my scores, I think my highest so far, which was today, is 72,000 odd. Oh, that's so really good. disregard that score, and we'll start again from now onwards. Wow. So it's default settings, three lives. There are no more settings in this game. I think it's just lives. I think you get an extra life at 20,000. That's it. One extra life right. only. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Simple. So go and play that, people. Excellent. I look forward to that one. <laughs> so thank you for listening. And we're going to toddle off now. I'm going to watch Attenborough with some snakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me, but you can now hear me and Alex talking rubbish walking around Arcade Club a couple of weeks ago. Hey kids, I'm with Alex Nintendo Arcade and we are at Arcade Club. Hey Sean, how you doing? I'm alright fella, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> what we're going to do is look at all these lovely machines and comment on them, aren't we? I think we should. We haven't yeah. done that, have we, together? No. <laughs> Well, look, the old 10 pence podcaster. I know. Yeah. Out with the old, in with the new, eh? Yeah. <laughs> We've got Darren Hatton here, who's, who can actually 1cc Nemesis. Have you ever tried yeah. to do that? Have you ever done that? I'm no good at it. Let's have a look at him. Yeah. How far there have you is. got, Darren? About just over halfway. Halfway. And is this the harder? Uh, yes. It is the hard, because I've tried it earlier. It's like going around it once. Yeah, it's really, really difficult. So it's like... Seems you're doing very well. Darren can 1cc Nemesis, absolutely awesome game, absolutely love it. I had it on the red tent but I didn't like it because the buttons were so quiet. In a a tent did you say? In a tent. In a red tent? Yeah, you were in that tent with me weren't you? How did you get the electric in there? (laughs) Silly boy. Yeah. Right, moving on. Yeah, we've got an Astro City in the doorway. Oh, Astro, we'll come round to that. Let's do this, let's go down here, right? Yes. Salamander. Yeah, you any good at that one Darren, Salamander? Yes. Yes. Is that? That's not his score. Four, Salamander. Four, well, so what's the difference with Salamander? It goes vertical halfway through the game, doesn't it? Yes. So it's probably yeah. one of the first games that was horizontal to swap into vertical. Yeah, clever game, yeah. Probably. Salamander 2 is good as well, actually. Yeah. Great music. Great Shinobi. Shinobi. Rock hard. Have you played that? Not my type of game. Me really. neither, but it is really, really... Have you got like a crosshair on there? So you're shooting with a crosshair? Does it work? That's the bonus levels where you're throwing ninja stars down at right. people coming at you. Oh, it's Ben Hi Ben. I'm, I'm heading off. Would you like to say anything to our listeners? No. Sorry. Cheers, mate. See you soon. It's alright, don't Moving on. So are you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Classic game. R-Type Leo. R-Type my, Leo. My favourite like Leo. Did this get a dedicated cabinet? I don't think so. It didn't, because the original R-Type was in a Nintendo cabinet, yeah, wasn't it? 92, yeah. 92. This yeah. is... It's got a different weapon system. 
Right. But you spit them balls out and they come back. I, I like that. I haven't played this, mate. Yeah. I haven't played it. I played the, the SNES versions, which are really good. Hard Time 3. This is, I'm not madly into horizontal shooters, but you're that not. is really good. No, oh, but okay. that, I like my verticals you're not, you're better. You're not a fan of Hard Type original, then? It's alright. Yeah. It's okay. Bad Dudes versus Dragon Ninja. They are sounds bad. A bit, sounds a bit gay, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look a bit gay. Yeah. So what's this then? Is this like a side scrolling beat em up? It is, it? yeah. Yeah, I can't deal with them. I know they've no. got quite a big fan base, but. It's of its time, that. Really. It's of its time. Yeah. Vulcan Venture, which Vulcan is. Venture. Right, really, this one. it's Salamander 2 or Gradius 3. It's, it's, oh, continu okay. it's continuing the sequence. Oh, okay. It's oh, do you know what? I might have this on the NES. Another great, great music. Konami at this time, like late 80s. Well, All the music was brilliant. Yeah. I don't know who did it. It must be some, yeah. some fantastic. Pretty sure music. you can get that on the NES. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Raiden 2, love this game. Raiden 2, hard as nails, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's I prefer the though. first one. The music in the first one's better, I think. Mm. They, they remixed this and did it as Raiden DX. Raiden, sorry. You found this one? Vic's gonna kill me saying Raiden. Raiden DX. Raiden, not yeah. Raiden. Yeah. yeah, I like it. But the, the DX version's better, they just tweaked it, made it a bit more user friendly. Okay. These are all Electrocoin Goliaths. Um, Goliaths, yeah. which I absolutely love. They're big old beasts, aren't they? But yeah. I'm I a love big old that beast. enclosure that you've got, you know? Yeah. And if you look down, they've put all the coin up buttons are luminous green, yeah. Very nice. Got Rygar there, which is one of my old favourites yeah. from when I was a kid. I'm not a fan of that at all. I, I really like it, it's really tough. Is it? Yeah. Got some goblins, got card game. Yeah. Not, um, not a big fan myself. I like it, I like the style and everything about it, but it's just so hard. But again, you know, that's what arcade games were about, weren't they, towards them? Just money grabbers. Yeah. Um, but if you were really good at it, it's a good game. Yeah, Paz can finish this. Yeah. One of the locals. Batman gets a lot of love from a lot yeah. of people. It's alright. Yeah, got this got an NES release as well. Yeah. Quite a good game. Mm. What's this one there? Golden Axe. Oh, Golden Axe. I like this. It's, it's good on the Mega Drive, really. Yeah, pretty much sold the Mega Drive, I think. I know yeah. my brother loved this on the Mega Drive. Great two-player game. Yeah, really good game. Yeah. Final Fight. Final Fight, a favourite of, yeah. of people. kids, uh, guys a bit younger than us, who are yeah. start, starting to get into these yeah. brawlers, as they call them. Yeah. Commando, God, Commander. I remember this game. Yeah. I actually quite like Commando. Yeah, really hard, isn't it? It is. <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I like it, yeah. And what's the one that came after? Is it Gunfire? Not Gunfire. Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, that's Which it. was similar, yeah. Yeah. You could fire in three directions. Yeah. yeah he's doing pretty well. Yeah, he's got Sunset Riders. Sunset Riders. I really like the music to this game. Yeah. I, I don't mind the game either, but it's pretty good. Yeah, loads of style yeah. to it. Really yeah. fun game. Yeah, I like it. It's, it's a bit camp, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Kung Fu Master. Kung Fu Master Another old podcast game. Yeah. Go go back down there. Back down here. Got a PS4 playing FIFA. Wow, look at the graphics on that. I know, they look real, don't they? They do. You see why young kids get into all this stuff. Yeah, them young kiddies. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like modern games as well. Yeah. Uh, Mercs. Mercs, that's Commando 2. Oh, that's Commando 2. Yeah. Very very strange three-player cab. Yeah. You don't see many three-player cabs, do you? No, you don't, because it's quite a small little area you've got here to squeeze three people in. Yeah, and the third player
player will actually be playing on the side because the buttons are on the side of the control panel. It's very weird. It's a good game. Yeah, it looks good. I have no, it reminds me of a Neo Geo game. Um, what's it called? Similar graphics to a Neo Geo. Yeah. Yeah. Shock, shock, shock Troopers, yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Shadow Warrior. These are um, electrical inspections. Zenons. Oh, Zenons, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm Michael Jackson's Moonwalk. Can you do a Michael Jackson impression for us, Alex, on the show? Um, <laughs> Shamon. <laughs> Shamon. It's not bad, that's all right. Oh, we've got Paul Can here. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. Hello, I need to find Big Phil. How are you doing? See you, sorry. Steve. Big Phil is on the Stevie Bear. Paul Phil is really big. He's probably a midget and really skinny. Right, so what have we got here? It's a 942. Yeah, in the Goliath. In a bit. Jesus, someone's got 1.5 million. Yeah, so this is our good friend who's come over from Holland. Say hello to the podcast, Tempest. Hi there, guys. How you doing, mate? Very good. Oh, now I'm dying. I'm doing pretty good. Awesome place. Is this a favourite of yours? Oh, well, it's one of them, yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the arcade club, then? Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. It's pretty Pretty cool, cool yeah. How far have you come? from Rotterdam, Holland. So, yeah. uh, it's great that you made the journey. Yeah. So it's brilliant. brilliant. I came by plane and uh, rented a car. So uh, well, you didn't walk. <laughs> <laughs> so, I wish oh, we had something like this now. back home. But yeah. uh, well, it's not that far, is it? Really? No, it is. No, no. Yeah. No, it's good that you make it, man. Yeah. You can see other people come over from Europe. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty cool to meet you guys as well. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Well, enjoy your gaming. Enjoy yeah. your gaming. Good luck with the podcast. Yeah. Wrestling game. Yeah, I don't mind a wrestling game. I find them quite funny. A bit of a laugh. I quite like a couple of them on the Super Nintendo. Um, Super Slam Masters is a favourite of mine. Yeah. He's got the characters from Final Fighting. It's really good. Always gets a lot of play, that. Yeah, yeah, no, they're good fun. One of my favourite, Star Force. Star Force. Such a fantastic yeah. game. Yeah. Really love we've it. Got, what's that one there? Hypersports, yeah. And then we've got Darren Hatton again. Hey. Darren, you were over there a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. magic. Magic. Right, moving around and let's have read enough of Darren. Yeah. <laughs> Ridge Racer, sit down. Ridge Racer. Great little oh, game. Is it? Have you finished it? No, I don't think I have. I'm not really into driving games. Super Bishy Bashy in an Astro City. That's a PS1 game, I think. So much fun that is. It's just a weird, mad Japanese, you know, pressing the buttons in the right It's all about timing, isn't it? It's almost like WarioWare, weird mini game. Down this aisle, we've got all the consoles. We've got a Wii U playing Mario Kart. Is that looks like? Is that Mario Kart? Yeah, great game. Love that game. PS4. PS4, four PS4s, yeah. Minecraft, FIFA, don't know what that is. Do you play any modern games now, Sean? Not anymore, not no. no you were into them at one stage, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, I played, I played up to about 2013. Right. I played Grand Theft Auto V, it was the last yeah. modern game that I went through and I loved it. And I just People say they don't like modern games, but there are lots of new modern games that have a retro feel about them. Yeah. Don't you like any of them oh, either? Yeah. No, it's when, not when I, shooters on, on mm, PS4. When I play them, I do, I do yeah. enjoy them. 
but the ones I concentrate on are arcade games yeah. because that's what I love. Yeah. And we're always trying to get high scores, everyone yeah. is, so all the time is on them. That, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. We've got some more consoles there. Yeah. What is that? Oh, two piece, three oh, pieces. PCs, yeah, Minecraft, yeah. Little kiddies. And then we've got... Um, City. Oh. We've got the Astro Cities. I would love one of these actually. They're, they're, yeah. they're pretty cool, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. One is playing Armed Beast Batrider. You'd love that. Would I? Yeah. Shooting stuff right in this. <laughs> and the other one is Dodon Pachi Daiushu. That's a favourite of yours as well, isn't it? Yeah, both of them are brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's good that Andy's got modern games in here as well. Yeah. For, you know, because I love this era of games. That's like yeah, 1998 and Dodon Pachi's 2003. So they are new for us. That's a golden era of sort of shoot 'em ups, you know, the, the, the bullet hell type games. Yeah. Ninety-eight, the end of that era. I think Did they die off after that sort of time. No, they're still being made still now. Made. The cave are still making them, but I'd say their best era was like 2003 to about seven or eight, I'd say. Okay. So I know they're making for the Xbox and stuff like that, aren't they? Like, yeah. Decimals. They do that, don't they? It's Steve Radis is going to play a Time Crisis 2 now. Oh, cool. Massive Time Crisis 2 cab there. Yeah. X-Men 4 player. Everyone loves a bit of X-Men. Yeah. Killer Instincts. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of I know it's Nintendo. Well, it's made by Rare. It's in a Nintendo cabinet, but... Yeah. No, it doesn't really do it for me. You know, I've never realised that was Nintendo. Do you? No. <laughs> Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Midway. That's Mortal Kombat 2, yeah. I like Mortal Kombat, it's fun. Soul Caliber. Soul Caliber. Yeah. yeah. I, remember that on the, I remember that on the uh, GameCube. Got the, the, uh, Zelda as a character. Oh, yeah. Called. Yeah. Smash TV, great, great party game now. Yeah. Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy in a rolling Thundercat. It looks like it's frozen. It's a bit old, isn't it? Yeah. You got Bomb Jack. Bomb Jack, yeah. Hi, I'm Jimmy. Hello, Jimmy. Who are you? Um, you are Jimmy. He's I'm Jimmy. trying to beat that score. That is Neil's 1637 score, isn't it? Yeah. It's a good score, that. 700,000. Cruising World. No. Isn't it? Yeah. They've just stuck you stuck them on. On the podcast, I said that was Cruising Exotic, or got it wrong. It's Cruising World. Cruising World, yeah. Wetly Mans. Oh, you... That looks good fun. Come on, playing that, actually. I, I played that in a little kind of donut shape. Right. Uh, what do you call it? A, a sit-down, sit really. Yeah. And when you turn, the whole thing moves. Oh, right. I do like the older-style driving games. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Pac-Mania, no, we I did that. I don't like that at all. It's tough going. Sequel to Galaxian 88. Yeah. Millipede. Beautiful cabinet. Yeah. Love the game. Look at the artwork on the side of that, Sean. Absolutely awesome, isn't yes. it? Yes, I wouldn't say it's as good as Centipede, no, but it's close, it's still, isn't it? It's still got the same sort of style, isn't it? Ah, well, right down there, kids. Yeah. Look, yeah. down to the kick plate. Kick Simpsons. But that's popular here, isn't it? Yeah. If you're under, if you're over, no, hang on. If you're over, under 35, you like that. Right. Got it out in the end. Vendetta. This is not Vendetta. Oh, it oh. is Vendetta. Sorry, it is. Yeah, yeah. There used to be something else in here. Yeah. And now we're going into the class classic U-shape. Oh, this is my favourite area of the club. Yeah. It's got all my favourites in here. After the four-player turtles, you've yeah. got loads yeah. of This classic. is the golden era of video games. Yeah. Anything past that, I kind of lose interest, really. Yeah. Track and field. 
I was never that good at it, but I remember all my mates used to love this game. Yeah, I used to like it. Yeah. So got Mr. Cine Steve playing Tapper. Right, Sean. How you doing, fella? All right. All good, thanks. Good. You're actually doing quite well there. What, what level is this? This is third level. Uh, I've never got past the first, though, eh? I don't remember that in the arcade. I got on the spectrum. I don't agree with that game because you're like throwing beer around and you can drop it, and you should never. <laughs> You never drop beer. Spy Hunter. What? This this is a very rare game. Do you know why? Because it never so worked. Flaky, yeah. yeah. I think most of the operators chucked them out because they were just so unreliable. Yeah. So James so RGP has been working on Danny Frostmeister's board yes, right, this yeah. morning, but right. it's working. He's got it working. But a beautiful cabinet. I love the music in the game. But rock hard. Yeah. Kicks. Kicks. Flicky. Not, not, flicky don't not one for me yet. Flicky. There's my score there. 2,527,990. You have been practicing, haven't you? Not for a long time, I haven't played no. it for a long time. I've got three and a half million on this. Yeah. I haven't really played it, mate. I've never played the game. It's a great game. It's on the Mega Drive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good version? Almost identical, brilliant version. Oh, okay. yeah. Phoenix. Phoenix, Century Cup. I remember this game when it first arrived in the arcade. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah, me too. Blew my mind. They seemed to hang around a long time. A very popular game. And when you could uh, fire quicker on the second level, I yeah. thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Time pilot as well. One of my favourites. this game. Yeah, one of my favourites. Seems to be in every jammer cab back in the day. Yeah, I loved great it. Great game. Absolutely great game. Great design, that. Yeah. Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man. Very popular. Oh, I'm not a fan of Pac-Man at all, I'm afraid. It's alright. Yeah, not yeah, it's not okay. for me. Space Invasion, for me, this is where it all happens. Yeah. This is my first ever video game I ever played. This and is Space Invasion Part 2. So it's got a really nice moon backdrop. Oh, it's lovely, mate. It's different to first yeah. Space Invader, isn't it? They, yeah. There's like a base in the moon backdrop this on is this This is the one. first cab I ever owned. Was it? Yeah. Love it. I wouldn't mind one of those back again. Space out. Space out. Oh, I can't get to pitch it out. You can only have so one bad. game, then you've got to go to hospital. <laughs> Hunter. Oh, no. Arcade Hunter. Joust is alright. I like the, yeah. the sound effects in Joust is really cool, but after yeah. you play Balloon Fight, second best really. It's not as good as. Mark Happy Dude, it's Alex. Check hey, mate. Charlie Farr. Hiya. Hiya, Sean. Guess who can get a million on this? Oh. Charlie Farr. Yeah, maybe. A million points. We're on. doing a podcast chat. Yeah. It's not very organised. <laughs> Scramble. Scramble in a Zachariah cab. Yeah, I don't remember these cabs at all. Do it's you? nice though, isn't it? Do you remember these cabs in back in the day? No. Or? It's actually no. beautiful, isn't it? They're all it Italian, aren't they? Yeah, but I, 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 I know we had some of them. This the is game's a... the same, though. It's the same hardware, is it? It's yeah, yeah, it's set harder, this. Is it? Apparently it's set a lot harder. The fuel goes oh. down quicker. Okay. Asteroids. Oh. Brilliant game. Isn't it? It's just beautiful. Do you, do you prefer Deluxe or prefer this version? No, I do prefer this again now. I keep changing my mind. Yeah, yeah I like this one now again. I prefer the Deluxe cabinet though. Mm. Guess who's got the high score on that? Uh, Charlie Farr? Yes. Mm. Who is Charlie Farr? I don't know. Uh, Centipede. Great yeah. looking cab. One of my favourite marquees yeah. in design. Yeah, it's one of Vic's grail cabs, which is now quiet. Guess who's got a high score on this? Um, Vic. CHA. Charlie Yep. Next, next we have <laughs> Galaxian. Galaxian. Now Charlie Farr has only got two hundred thousand on Galaxian because he was bored today. <laughs> Tron, are you, do you like Tron? No. No, I don't, no, I don't like it. I like the cabinet. This is Mr. Russ J playing Tron. Is this one of your favourites, Russ? Tron. Not one, yeah. It's your ground cabinet. Oh, well, 
I didn't know you, I didn't know you were good at this one. You good at this one? Batman, Big Dog, Gyrus, one of my favourites, yeah, it's got a good score there. Well. 314,000. Yeah, I love that cabinet as well. Stargate. Stargate. Sequel to Defender. Robotron. That's a weird control panel, isn't it? Stargate. I want that. I really want a Robotron. Yeah. Do you like Robotron? I do like Robotron, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, Robotron, I didn't used to. 450,000. That's a fluke, I've never got anywhere near really? that again. I, I can get 200 sometimes, really? I've never got near You've it got again. Get in the zone, yeah. It's a good game when you get in the zone, isn't I it? don't know how I did it. Oh, I love it. Love Me it. and Tronet had a two player and we did it. Who's this guy playing Moon Patrol? It's your mate. Ian, Ian. or Squidgy? Yeah, Squidgy. What's your top score on uh, Moon Patrol, Ian? Uh, 300 odds. This is the guy that won the won the marquee. Yeah. Who won our Moon Patrol you contest? Guys have Ian, would you? I would, yeah. yeah. That is the best marquee yeah. ever, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. The guy that designed that is it's art, isn't it? It really yeah, is art. Yeah. Defender, I'm no good at defender. So no. Yeah, that's a defender. Who's got a top score on Donkey Kong Jr.? Owl, who's Owl? It's me. Is it? Yeah. Owl. Owl, O-W-L. My dad used to call me Little Owl. Oh, all right. After a horse, he used to put a bet on. <laughs> That's where I get the owl from. My Little Owl used to call me. Oh, all right, I didn't know that. So, yeah, 93,000. That's not a high score for me. Yeah, that's um, Now we have Mr. Mr. C and P playing Castles Made of Crystal. He's playing two player. Are they sugar crystal castles? Can you eat them? No, I don't think, I think they're pixel crystal castles. Oh, you couldn't lick the screen. Would they taste sweet? Do you think you could try it. If you get electric shock, you get static. It's very unusual that. Oh, I love carnival. Carnival. Reminds me of the fun fair, all the fun of the fair. Yeah, and I, lo I love the music and the whole atmosphere of the game. Yeah. Guess who's got the high score on this? That bloke far, was it? Yeah, Charlie totally far. far. I don't know if he has today, but he normally does. Oh, Gorf. Gorfian, yeah. Oh, I want a Gorf. I like Gorf. I like Gorf now more than I did years ago. Job. Yeah, I'm more into it now. Yeah. Star Castle, you ever played that? No. Really, really difficult. It's kind of like yeah. asteroids, but you've got to shoot the base okay. in the middle. So that difficult. Boy, then? Not Williams, is it? No, I've forgotten. Well, behind us, by the way, we've got a sit-down environmental Wars, Star Wars, yeah. That's a cool. Tekken World Cup yeah. cocktail, hot rod, and a four-player four hot rod. rod. This is great fun, isn't it? Yeah. Can you sing us the theme tune to this, Alex? Hot rod? No, I don't know. You hear it over everything else, don't you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Black Widow. Frogger. Not Black Widow. I know a Black Widow. She's, a, she's evil. She's, a, I bet she is, she's yeah. evil. She got a man. No, she wouldn't have. No, she? she's a widow. <laughs> yeah, good game, Robotron like. Yeah. Zaxon. Zaxon. Yeah. That's really difficult. Guess yeah. who can get the ice score on Zaxon? Uh, Mr. Farr. Yeah. Charlie Farr. He's unbelievable. Got so many games here. It's gonna take to get around. I know. Should, should we have a quick run around the rest of them? Yeah. So. Off road in the three player oh, cab. Chase HQ1. R type. R type. In a Nintendo cab. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I bet you'd like this, wouldn't you? I do, yeah, I want that. Yeah. Actually, that's Ram's Is it? The stick's really loose. Is it supposed to be like that? Oh, it's a versus stick. Two miscreants from Nerg. No, we've got a north, hey, long, hi. tall northern sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I love sausage meat. You do, you can't get enough of it, can you? Is it just northern sausages you like, or do you like a bit of southern sadloid? I'll try any sausage. Yeah, I like a bit of sadloid. As long as it's spicy. <laughs> this is a child friendly <laughs> podcast, kids. <laughs> Enjoy your playing quacks. Cheers. Paperboy. I love Paperboy. Do you know how much I love Paperboy? Quite a lot. Yeah, I do, yeah. I used to make a lot of money being a Paperboy back in the day. I used to do paper round. Yeah. It's absolutely awesome. And when, I, when this came out, I thought I could make money playing the game. Did you? Yeah, but it never came out anywhere, so I gave up. But yeah, it's a great game. I absolutely love it. Do you know, I, I used to do a paper round. It's a true story, this, yeah. from school. Yeah. And I used to deliver a paper that was past the front of a building society yeah. that was open. And I used to leap over the fence because there was this woman, a really beautiful woman, serving behind the counter in this in this building society. Yeah. So I used to leap over the fence, throw the paper in the letterbox, and leap back, you know, back yeah. on me. Bush, really right? cool. Yeah. yeah. And I hit the top of the fence one time, fell flat on my face. Oh, no. Yeah. Got to look right for me. Yeah. Did you, did and there were, you, there were people in the in the uh, building society laughing at me. Did you get any tips at Christmas? Not really, no. No, because I used to get a lot of tips, but there was one bloke that never gave any tips, and I, I really despised the bloke. So that after they, Christmas, it was a really rainy day. I put the, the, his newspaper underneath a wet gutter, yeah. and just soaked it, and then <laughs> stuck it through his letterbox. Because <laughs> he didn't give me a tip, stingy git. I hardly got anything. <laughs> I got my paper round down to 22 minutes I used to do it in. Wow. It's up and down the village where I live. I used, to, I used to deliver papers to Bonnie Langford. Did you? Yeah. Uh, was she alright? Yeah, she alright, okay. yeah. yeah. She used to scream and I scream and I scream till I'm sick. Oh, was that her, was it? <laughs> this is going well. Uh, Afterburner 2. Afterburner 2. APB. Power drift in a stand up. Astro Blaster. Island Astro Blaster. Twisted Astro Blaster. Yeah. Good, that song. good game. Yeah. Mechanised Attack, which is like an Operation Wolf kind of thing. Yeah. Look at the size of Operation Wolf. It's got to be the biggest tourist cab in here. It's, it? Yeah, I've never noticed that. It is. Oh, it's alright. There's a small boy trapped underneath. Oh, That's why it's so tall. Yeah. And Monkey Mole Panic, which is one of them whack a moles, but right. you press the buttons instead. Yeah. Sort of thing I bought straight past you know. We are doing. NBA Jam. Yeah, I like that. NBA Jam on the N64 is the nuts. Is it? Is it oh, good? Oh, yeah, really, really good. Really, really good. Oh, watch out, it's Mr. Tronads. Here he is. Operation Thunderbolt, Operation Wolf 2, that, isn't it? Yeah. Was it 3? Yeah. Players' choice Nintendo, we've got a uh, roundup. Yeah, that's apparently they're rare then. Are they? Because there's no top screen. Oh, right. So it's a Nintendo Play Choice 10 with no top, top screen. Wow. But it just plays Nintendo NES games. Yeah. Uh, roundup 5. The, this game, the real Ghostbusters, I've never seen before. Very rare. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. We're near the pinballs now, it's, it's so cool. noisy. Yeah, we'll just quickly go through here then. Oh, bubble, bubble. You've got one of these, haven't you? Lord's, Lord's have, yeah. Yeah, I might be picking one up next year. Yeah, do really? Like it? Yeah, I do, yeah. What are you running in yours then? At the minute, I've got Raiden 2. So you've got a jammer set up, have you? Yeah. And a Neo Geo set up? Yeah. Just, 
much jammer at the minute. Oh, just jammer. And I've rotated the monitor because I play vertical schmucks how, in it. How easy is it to rotate the monitor? It's not. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, and the, and the glass is exactly square. So you brought jammer boards with you? You've been buying Yeah, oh yeah, a few, yeah, and then Vic's lent me some as well and yeah, that, yeah. That's cool. And I've had a 60 in one in it and stuff. And but, but the bezel being horizontal, do you have to rotate that as well? How does yeah. that work? But it's exactly square when oh, you rotate it. Yeah, oh, okay. it doesn't look it, it oh, is. I didn't know that. Yeah. This is Thunderblade, which is a strange game, that. Yeah, I think they did a cockpit of that version as well. I'm sure it had it at yeah. any game. Yeah, it, the whole thing moves, yeah. doesn't it? Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder, Super Chase. Yeah. I don't. Looks a bit is, like is that, Chase I think it's in the same sort of line of thing. thing. Yeah. Assault, quite it's a cool little tank game. I quite like that. Yeah, twin stick control. It's like Mode it. 7, doesn't it? Yeah. Right, comes in and out. Oh, yeah, it does, yeah. Return of Judy. Return of Judy. Yeah, Judy was gone, now she's back. I bet you don't like this, do you? Hey, what? <laughs> she's not back. Judy's back, look at you. I did like this. Yeah. Got to put a lot of practice into that. Yeah. Speed, speed buggy, yeah, nice. buggy boy. Yeah, this this is the American one, isn't it? Speed buggy. American one, but, yeah. but I, this was great on the Commodore 64, this. Right on the Spectrum. Great version. It looks really great on the Spectrum as well. And we have around here. Yeah, I mean, old old crossbar, really old. Quartet. Quartet, yeah. Yeah. Which is a strange four-player thing. And here we have Mr. Neil, 20 to five. What time is it, Neil? 20 to five, 20 Mr. Five. Five. Is that yeah. you remember his name by his time? Six, by the time. 1637 yeah. is his handle. So it's really 20 to five. Isn't never it? late. No. Never late. <laughs> never late. Never. 20 to 5. So when the, when the clocks go back, what happens then? 20 to 5. Constant. <laughs> time is constant. You have to put like daylight saving time in brackets. <laughs> yeah. After his name. Alright, well, I think that's about it, isn't it? No. No. Oh, what down here? Oh, what down here? Hang on. We've not done these. Terminator 2, oh, right, Double so Dragon, yeah. Terra Cresta. I love Terra Cresta. House of the Dead 2, yeah. Lethal Enforcers, gun games along here, Point Blank 1, Point Blank 2, Operation Wolf 3, yeah. it's like a football score, Operation Wolf 3, <laughs> Point Blank 2. Oh God, that, I used to hate that. Yeah. Time Crisis 1, <laughs> Crisis Zone, that's what SM ready for that, Police Trainer and Crossbow, that's a cool little shooter. An old game, Crossbow, isn't it? Yeah. You've got a row of pinballs yeah, at the back, and then, and then you've got all the twin sit-down races down here. Car driving. Outrun run two. Super hang on. Yeah. Or just hang on. Look at the shape of that cab. Strange, isn't it? Seventies. That is so loud. That hang on. Well, that's a half mirror in there, isn't it? Yeah. I remember playing this in a pub in the 80s, really? late 80s, and I loved it, but it's a bit really clunky like now. It. It's really tall. It's, about seven tall. it's so heavy that I've moved it. It's really, really, really heavy, yeah. yeah. Outrun. Outrun, yeah. Outrun Deluxe. Oh, I go for a lot of money now. Motocross Co. That's an unusual game. It's quite good fun. Now here is the official Chase HQ 2, which is an older game with digitised graphics in a lot of it. An older game, a younger game. Wave Racer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Have you played that? No, I haven't played that. That's, that's I'm not good. really into driving games. Right. Um, I, I don't mind Sega Rally. It's Sega Rally, cool. yeah, good game. Indy 500. Indy, that's good. Tony's, isn't it? Is yeah, that yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool machine. 
Is this some radius again? Stun runner. Stun runner, that's a rare car. I think that was Bruno's car, was it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Then we've got another Terminator 2, this is sit down version. Yeah. Turbo Outrun, I used to love this. When I was tiny, isn't it? Yeah. It's when I was when I was um, younger. Now I've got some candies here. One's playing bubble bubble. Yeah. It normally has some fighters in here, does Andy? That's yeah. Osman. That is a weird Strider kind. It's by the same team that did Strider, oh, okay. but it's not an official Strider sequel. Right. If you hang on. It's really cool. A lot of sprites. are really cool. Aren't they? Yeah, they're great. And you think Striders are? Do you want to play this? Is it really hard? It's cool, though, isn't it? It's fast. Wow. Yeah, it's What's called. What's it called again? Osman. Osman. It's strange, isn't it? it? And in Japan, it's called Cannon Dancer. Isn't that a great name? Console port, did it? Never. No, I don't think so. Pretty cool. That's Tekken Tag Tournament. Yeah. There's a giant polar bear beating somebody up. That's not right, is it? Not good, that. And then we've got um, version tennis. Metal Slug Six in a Naomi. Um, Ikaruga. Ikaruga. Virtue of Tennis. Total Carnage. Total Carnage, which is kind of a secret Smash TV. <laughs> Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. Yeah. Street that's, Fighter that's 2. Really good. Street Fighter 2. And then we've just got the bar area. Do you want to do a quick yeah, go around the bar area? Go. Or Silent Scope, just on the corner of the bar area. It's, yeah. Oh, look at this little thing here. What's this? It's a red tent. It's yours. Where should we get in it? <laughs> you go one side, I'll go the other, yeah? <laughs> There's not much room in there with their monitors, is there? No, no. you never seen one of these before, did you? I hadn't, no. And now, everyone's got them. Everyone's got yeah, them, yeah. yeah. Common as muck now, aren't they? Cocktail joust. Cocktail joust. Really unusual joust. I've never seen one of these before. The, the two player controls are on the front of the yeah. cocktail, so you don't sit either side of it. I should prefer that in the upright, you know? Yeah. It's really cool. It's a great little game, yeah. there. And you've, on the big TV with the mo you've got the modern consoles. I yeah. think that's Halo. I think oh, it's Halo. It? I think it's Halo Five. I'm guessing. Oh, is it? Yeah. It looks cool, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a bit quieter in here, isn't it? Yeah. This is a relaxing Back bar area. Is that, because it's the bar area, there's only 20 machines in here. We've got Galaxian sequel there. Yeah. Another Tra Robotron. Track and field American cab. It's different, isn't it? It's unusual. Oh, it's... Donkey Kong, one of your favourite. You don't like it, though, do you? It's alright. Yeah. It's alright. I suppose I could get into it. Yeah. <laughs> got, got Robot Ron. Mr. Phil V85. Hi, Phil. Hello. You're right. Yeah. What's your top score, Phil? Uh, about 140,000. Oh, really? He's yeah, more of a shooter mate. guy. Well, he's a shooter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get him on Death Smiles. Yeah. This is another Phoenix, which is, which is the one Nova. Ross was on about. Nova Apparati. Oh, right. Never heard of it. Another Space Invaders, Tyler Space yeah. Invaders. Another Asteroids. Yeah. We've got Deluxe in here. Um, Defender. Defender. Star Wars. Standard Star Wars. Burger Time. Yeah. There's a four-player Warlords down there. It's great fun, that. Yeah. I've not seen this before. This must be a new addition. Burger Time Upright. Yeah. There is a Burger Time cocktail, there was. I think that's gone. Well, that's about it. Super Sprint, Pac-Man, another cabaret over there. And then the bar area is really yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah, that's where I am most of the time. In the, In the bar. bar. Yeah, yeah. eating Stop. cake. <laughs> <laughs> Drink 
fucking vodka and what, haven't you? Vodka and coke. Vodka and coke and cake. Yeah. Very nice. At least you know having vodka and cake and coke. It is. It's been a good turnout, hasn't it? Yeah. UK Bank Moon. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I don't know how many people... Must be about 60 people here yeah. or something like that. And plus there was the normal punters here as well, so yeah. it was really, it was, it was busy, really yeah. busy. It's quietening down a bit now. It's sort of half seven, eight o'clock. Yeah. Eight o'clock it is. Is it? Yeah. just going too quickly, mate. There's an Oculus Rift over there. Is it Oculus Rift or is it... is it... I haven't done the virtual reality yet, yeah. have you? Yeah, I've had a few of them. They're all right. Yeah. They give me a um, bit of headache, really. You still get a bit nauseating. Yeah. yeah. But I think they're better since... I haven't been on one for a while. Yeah, yeah no, it's cool, man. I love it in here. Yeah. That's brilliant. Awesome. Brilliant. I'm going to go and get a drink, man. OK, then. Well, good to speak to you again, Alex. Yeah, cheers, <laughs> mate. <laughs> See you again, too. Cheers, Sean. Take care, mate. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 